It's time for Push to Play, your weekly trophy podcast with Mindy and CJ. Hello, listeners. It is wonderful to be with you again, a day apart. But for you listening, it will be probably a week apart. But for Mindy and myself, it is a very quick turnaround today. But look, I'm energised. She's awake, which is impressive because, Mindy, I know it is very, very early in America at the moment. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, deja vu. It's, It's almost like we just recorded yesterday. Mm. <laughs> got a weird temporal thing going on because uh, yeah everyone's gonna hear it a week later but yes i don't know what else to talk about <laughs> <laughs> well the funny thing is i feel like i've been trapped in a void listeners because we recorded i mean it literally was a, a day ago wasn't it mindy it was a, it was a long episode and it was preceded by a long conversation which we didn't record as well and then i spent last night and a good portion of this morning editing it so i feel i feel intimately acquainted mindy with your voice at the moment I feel like I haven't had a break at all. So this is, it's kind of nice for me, actually. But I'm sorry. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Now, listeners, I did not drop the episode number. It is episode 41. Let me throw some numbers at you. Today, we have a wonderful returning guest, Afraid of the Folly. Now, he was with us. You might be saying, I remember that name. Well, he first graced our presence in episode 16, Gaming for Positive Change, which was a really a really in-depth, I think we can say, look at, at mental health and how gaming can be used in, in a positive way. So if, you, if you're in, interested in today's episode, I would recommend going back and listening to that one if you haven't. It was, it was a, special, a, a special episode. But look, without further ado, let me introduce to you returning guest, Afraid of the Folly. He is a PlayStation 4 gamer. He is a new arrival, visa stamped for Vita Island. I understand. He is a sometimes streamer. I hope I can say sometimes. He plays everything that I don't play, basically, listeners. So we are in for a treat here today, I think. Folly, how are you, sir? I'm good, thanks, CJ. I'm a little bit tired. I was at a wedding last night, so apologies if I sound a bit croaky, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Not at all. Look, I'm impressed. As I said before we started, I'm impressed you're even conscious. So I, I do, I do, <laughs> I do appreciate it. So look, Mindy, do should we should we do the name question to start us off with? Because we never did that before when Folly joined us. That's true. First, actually, Folly, can you please say to me, uh, "Welcome to this week's Folly's Corner." <laughs> uh, welcome to this week's Folly's Corner. Oh, I've missed that. <laughs> <laughs> too kind. Too kind. Um, yeah. uh, So since you've been on, I have pushed through a segment where if you're cool as giving your PSN name or just your internet name, we want to know the reason, the story behind the name. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, cause I was actually an early adopter of the, of the PSN name change. Um, so I, I've had two PSN names. My first one in a previous life was, um, Halt End Hero. Uh, 88 which uh the reason for that one was just because um i my local football team and uh, when i say football i obviously mean uh soccer to to most people listening i'm sure is uh, a team called aston villa uh, based in birmingham and the 
the famous part of the ground for Aston Villa is called the Holt End, and that's where all the singing comes from and uh, all the sort of diehard fans apparently uh, sit. So that that was uh, when I set my original PSN name up. That was that was the one I went with. And then the reason I went with uh, Afraid of the Folly, it was going back a few years now, I very, very briefly dabbled with the idea of making some uh, some music just in like garage band, some like sort of, I was, I was really into a lot of like EDM and, uh, and drum and bass and things at the time. And I, I briefly flirted with the idea of, of trying to make my own. And when I was thinking of like what I would release it under, I went with Afraid of the Folly because I was essentially, it was the the fear of actually putting something that you've made out there into the world for people to look at and to judge and just being afraid of all the the silliness and the and the drama that that can, uh, that can create. I settled on that name. Uh, I set up the Twitter handle as well, Afraid of the Folly. And then I think in total, I made about 30 seconds of music before I realized that I'm not very good at that. So uh, I gave it up. And then when, when I jumped into streaming at the start of this year, I thought, well, the same principle applies. I'm still putting myself out there for people to shout at me on the internet. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll stick with the name. It seemed quite appropriate. And, uh, and I've not looked back since. Wow. That's, that's really deep. I had, that's a good story. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. That's, that is great. I think I, I have to say, I think my favorites is, was it, was it Zach who was like, I literally, <laughs> it would not give me the name I wanted. So I just bashed my hand on the keyboard and that was the name yeah. I got. I, I like that one a lot. I like that one a lot as well. Do you think there must be a lot of people now that you can, like, follow you mentioned there, you change your name, but now we have the option to keep your account and change your name. You know, um, I think it's free once and and then a a small fee to Sony or whatever. Do you think there's a lot of people now that are like, the people that wanted to change their name have gone ahead and done it. Do you think there's like, uh, like a name anxiety? They want to change their name, but they just don't know what to change it to. Do you think, do you think it's, it's built up to a thing now? Yeah, I think I think it'd be interesting. It depends, like, obviously, PSN going back as far as it did. I think there'll be a lot of people that are really glad of that because I reckon there's a lot of embarrassed people that are, like, mid mid to late 20s that have to give their name as, like, some 90, some, like, sort of early 2000s Fallout Boy reference or something that they're like, yeah, <laughs> I, really, I really wish. Or, I- like, the, like, the capital and lowercase letters with all the underscores in them. Yeah, all that sort of thing, and just like, oh god, what I was such an idiot back then. So I, I'm sure it, I'm sure it's a much relief to because there's nothing worse. It's the same. I mean, I've got a, like a normal email address now, but my first email address was just absolutely horrific. And you just, as an adult, you have to say, oh yeah, I'll, I'll drop you an email. What's your email address? And you have to go, oh, it was uh, two pack underscore Fallout Boy backslash, and it's just absolutely horrific. So yeah, it's definitely a welcome change. Yeah. Yeah, but it, I see. I think it works both ways because I look at some people's names now, and I, I'm like, why? Why would you choose that? You know, like, oh, oh they haven't changed. I'm like, <laughs> why have you not changed that? But look, I'm sure they look at my name and go, what? What yeah. does that even mean? Look at this arrogance. So look, I, I think, I, I think, it, I think it cuts both ways. So look, why don't we, listeners? It's gonna be, it's gonna be a little bit of a relaxed conversation because for once. For once, this is in a time zone which or time time frame that is sort of normal for me here at seven seven p.m. So so bear with me, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna slowly warm up here. I think and we'll hit we'll hit the ground running because we we unfortunately we dragged CJ poor little CJ <laughs> out of his swimming mm, pool. Mm. 
to do this podcast. Well, don't, oh. as 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 any Australian listener <laughs> would know, the bar has been well and truly open here for an hour in Australia. So I did beverage up before we started. So you know, I expect expect a more natural flow as the yes. episode goes on. Look now, just to keep everyone a little bit uncomfortable, <laughs> we did settle on a on a a. Uh, a general talking point, which we're going to get to in a second because it's very interesting, suggested by Folly. In fact, listeners, Folly has basically planned out this episode, which is fantastic. So <laughs> I data mind him for everything we needed before we started. But look, it would be remiss of me not to finally use that word. It has been a while, listeners, not to throw us all a little off center. Now, Folly, we're not going to share too much personal information, but as, as many of our listeners know, uh, you've recently been married. Congratulations. Yes. Thank and commiserations. Uh, no, no, of course. <laughs> and so what I thought is, you know, like it, it's very important to get your first marriage behind you, you know, otherwise how can you get married three, four or five times? So the, the first question for today, I thought, Mindy, and this is for all of us is, and we'll make it, we'll make it video game topical. If you could marry one video game character, who would the character be? Oh, uh... That's a tough one. If, if there's really more than one, look. then you can mention them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ooh, that is that is hard. I think I've I've got two. I think I've got two. That is acceptable. N- not in England, but you know we're liberal here. It's yeah. <laughs> so I think for, right. I've got two. One of them. One of them I'm a little bit ashamed of, <laughs> and it, it very much goes back to to early childhood memories and sort of being a, an impressionable teenager. And I've always had a bit of a thing for Chun-Li, if I'm honest. Oh, that's understandable. And yeah, so so the the obvious male answer would definitely be Chun-Li. But then second, one of the last games I streamed before I, I took the, the break that I'm currently on uh, was Until Dawn. And Mike, male character, we all thought was a little bit dreamy. He looked like he gave good hugs. So uh, I, I reckon Mike from Until Dawn as well. Ooh. I was a big fan of him. That's a solid pick. A pick. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, like yeah, that. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Is Mike the one that was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like that was the one who actually had kind of a career? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. The only the only actor I recognized from Until Dawn was uh, Remy Malik. He was the only one I knew. But I, I don't watch a lot of TV, so uh, I, 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 I didn't know. I think maybe one of the female characters was from heroes someone told me i think as well yeah that's hayden pan that's the main girl yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But I, and i am right this is uh it's the guy who was on agents of shield i, don't know. I might have to watch that he's he's clearly very dreamy i'm a i'm a big fan <laughs> see folly isn't it wonderful to have the female perspective the first question is what's his job <laughs> how much money does he make oh yeah i could see that <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Mindy. Mine aren't strictly video game characters. One one did not start as a video game character, but has had video games made of them. And that would be uh, Bruce Wayne because he's super rich and he's never there. <laughs> uh, so basically, I just get a whole house to myself. That's good. Very good. I mean, it's, it's true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's just never home. And then in the same vein... I got my girl Laura Croft because she's super rich and she's never there. Yeah, good job. So again, you get this nice stately, you know, either stately Wayne Manor in Gotham, but like Gotham's kind of crime ridden, so maybe mm. I don't want to live there. Yeah. But Laura, Laura's got like the like the English chalet, and she's never freaking there because she's raiding tombs. And I suppose it'd be similar, like 
with Lara Croft and the same with Nathan Drake as well, you could accompany them on these expeditions, but stay by the pool when they're off raiding the tombs and climbing the rocks and stuff. Exactly. So you get the exotic locations without actually having to risk your life. But you got to be careful with Drake, though, because if you're by the pool, he's going to want to play Marco Polo with you. <laughs> no, All four true. games have showed yeah, us that. That's true. That's true. Can, can I ask, does Lara Croft, this is showing my ignorance, yeah. does she have like a butler in that house like like Batman does? That Or, or is that not a... Yes, she does. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, she does. There was there was a really so on on the PlayStation One. I I used to have Tomb Raider Two. It's one of my like easily one of my top ten games. I absolutely adore that game. But there was almost like a sort of like a training mode, and I think there was some secrets where you were in the Croft Manor, and there was a butler, like this really old butler that was carrying a tray. And <laughs> I know it, what you're gonna say. Yeah, the tray would like <laughs> rattle and stuff, and then. Obviously, after a few hours running around the manor, you got a little bit bored. So me and my friends used to lock him in the freezer. There was a big walk-in freezer that you could open, stand in there, and then when he came in, run out and shut him in. But the <laughs> the bad side of that is that the way they'd uh, program the game or develop the game, that sort of clinking tray sound would still follow you absolutely everywhere you go. So he'd be locked in the freezer. He would haunt you. Yeah, we'd be the other side of the manor. And we could still hear him like groaning and the, the tray rattling. And it was terrifying. <laughs> um, and we used to think he was just like going to jump out on us at any moment. But he was he was always still in the freezer when we went to check. That's fantastic. <laughs> you put him in the freezer, it killed him and he haunted you. <laughs> <laughs> still to this day. <laughs> there, there, there truly is something about just messing with a game, isn't there? I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I like that, Mindy. That's solid. Well, look, look for me, listeners. I have three. So, look, my characteristic and ideal partner is someone that's indecisive, that's unsure, that is questioning themselves, questioning everything sort of around them, and I suppose a little bit backwards at being forwards, which is ironic because in real life those people give me the absolute shits. I think that, <laughs> you know, in an ideal world that's the perfect thing, but in reality, like after you spent a couple of weeks with them, it's just it's dreadful. It's dreadful. But following that line across, I would have to go with Noctis because the younger Noctis in the early game, because who wouldn't? Like just the black, it's the goth look without being goth. It's yeah. the the too young to to understand, like too mentally young to cope with what he's got and his evolution. I'm not so much into the older one, but uh, when when he discovers everything, but that younger one, I love that that indecision. Then of course, Carito from Sword Art Online, just because why not? A similar sort of a similar character, I suppose. That's you know weak and well, not definitely not weak in real life, but sort of unsure, you know, about about himself. But then in that game, just so uh, when he's in the in the AI game, so so powerful so decisive so so mentally strong to to carry them all and to be honest listeners you you see him look at asana you you know there's nothing really there that's just that's just the disney-esque element i'm sure and then finally now this is an unusual one perhaps because this is not a human although i suppose it's a humanoid is 9s from near automata now i don't know has anyone am i the only one that's played that game I I really want to play it. I'm told by everyone I need to play it, but I've not jumped into it yet. Yeah, it, I mean it's a fantastic it's a fantastic game, but you can't actually play as him until sort of you know two thirds of the way through the game, and 
you you play as 2B for the for the you know the opening of the game. It's not for that latter latter section, and it's just great to see how dominated he is. I love this image, Folly, and this is an image you're you know if you're not used to now, you will be soon of being dominated by a woman. Yeah, you know that he, she tells him exactly what to do, and he does it. And I think that is just so adorable, That's adorable. Yeah. And and he's sort of you know this the secret pining, but never never. So I find that very very cute and adorable, listeners. So look at that. You know, no, none of the, it's, it's a good mix of characters. I think, I think, I think we would all be very happy, you know, and, and it would, it would be a great way to, for us to rack up a few more marriages as well. So that <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, that doesn't hurt, but look, let's move quickly to, to the serious talking point that we were going to talk about. And that was because the holidays are coming up, listeners. Some of us have, you know, longer holidays than others, depending on what hemisphere uh, of the world that you're in uh, at the moment. But, you know, everyone has some holidays coming up. It's a great time to get some gaming in. So I thought, Mindy, we'd ask, and, and Folly is a little prepared here, maybe one or two or more, if you wish, games that you're sort of, you're looking forward to playing in this this holiday break. So why don't we start with you, Folly, seeing you're, you're prepared? Yeah, so, um, well, I've, I've, I won't uh, spoil it for later on when you uh, scour my trophy list, but I've, I've recently got a Platinum on the PS4. So that's sort of, I want to take a break from a long, longer games on the PlayStation 4. I think I'm just going to crank out a couple of easy ones. I've got, uh, I think I've got one, maybe two rat games in my library. And also, I, I'd be interested to know if you guys use this as well. I've got the, uh, I use the Trophy Advisor on PSN Profiles, which I really like a lot, uh, that basically lists all your unearned trophies, but by percentage completion on PSN Profiles. So you can essentially see the, the low-hanging fruit. And I've got a few games that I sort of started. I'm probably never going to platinum, but there's a few like bronze and silver trophies that are like 50 to 40% completion percentages. Um, so I think I'm just going to spend the, uh, on the PS4 anyway, I'm going to spend the Christmas break just picking up some old games that I'd sort of dropped months ago and just, and just picking some of those easy trophies off and giving them, giving them an airing. But, um, and, but then also the reason I want to do that is because as you mentioned, I've I've recently got a Vita and uh, I'm I've just started Persona 4 Golden. I'm like about five hours in to that, and that's definitely gonna be my big undertaking for over the Christmas break. My now wife is actually she's working a lot over Christmas, unfortunately, uh, in the evenings. So I can sit there with the TV on and uh, and play some Persona 4, I think. You're half right. Your correct answer should have been whatever Mindy tells me to buy for my Vita is what I will be working on over the holiday yes. break. After Persona 4, I've, I've told you, six months from now, I will have Persona <laughs> 4 finished for the first time and uh, you can give me a list of games that I can uh, I can pick up. Now, Mindy, I, I'm sure, you know, I know, I know you have a yeah. large backlog. I'm sure there must be one or two things out of that that you're interested in. I mean, we have, what, you know, the better part of three weeks to go before your window on the PS3 backlog closes. What will you be playing? Shut up over this next uh of course of course that ps3 backlog is getting drawn out to 2020 of course <laughs> it is so my new goal is to do that i can't buy a ps5 until i finish what i've declared my ps3 backlog oh that's good that's a good idea yeah how many games is that mindy well i <laughs> not as many as it used to be <laughs> um so my ps3 backlog used to be all of the ps3 games i own uh, but okay. now it is all of the ones I have loaded on my profile, plus Aquanauts Memories, because I definitely want to get that one 
squared away, but I haven't put that on my profile yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, so is there one or two titles you're, you're, you're planning to dip into on this holiday break? You know, I might, nothing concrete, really. I might finally break out Lego Worlds and do that just so I can have all the Ugh. Lego games done. Um, I'm just kind of looking at my shelf right now. I, Horizon Zero Dawn is still staring right at me. Mm. Yeah. I know that'll make you happy. <laughs> Look, that's where it belongs, on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't really have it. Nothing is really calling out to me. But, you know, I keep passing up Lego Worlds. Every time I think of starting a new long game, I'm like, I should do that Lego game. Uh, Agent A, I think I brought this up with Velvet. Every time I go to start a new game, I'm like, oh, is it Agent A time? And then I get distracted by something else. So I think listeners hold me to this. Mm -hmm. That I at least do Agent A uh, before January. That, that seems reasonable. And look, listeners, I would be fascinated to hear if you have if you have something that you're you're holding on to. I have a, a bit of a this is our long break in Australia, this break. So a little bit longer than than perhaps uh you know our friends here on the podcast today. So I, I've lined up a few things. I'm looking obviously forward to get getting uh, further into Final Fantasy twelve. I've I've put a few hours into it now, but it's a game we're talking before with Folly, it's really a game you just can't play for an hour. You, you need bigger sessions. So I'm looking forward to having the time to do that. Also, the NGVN, which is the prequel to Deathmark. I'm very much looking forward to reading that. That's a similar situation. Just need... Hey, you got the name right. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you're right. Uh, similar situation. Just need some... You, nev you never get the name right. No, no. It's, it's the advantage of being lubricated uh, before you do this. It helps. So, <laughs> whoa. Uh, so, where are we? Uh, NG. So, I did start that as well. It it, it touches all the same sort of elements that, that uh, Deathmark did. So, I'm looking forward to, you know, having a day or two. I believe, Mindy, it's a bit longer as well this time. So, we'll... We'll see how that goes. And then also Quantum Break on the Xbox, mainly because I've never played it and I was a big fan of Control this year. So I'm, I'm very interested to see that that earlier game uh, from Remedy there and see. That's one that I, I wish was not an exclusive because I do want to play that. That and Or at least hopefully it comes to PC. Like I really wanted to play, uh, what was it called? D4, Dreams Don't, Dreams Don't Die, something like that. And it was an Xbox exclusive for the longest time that it finally came out on PC, so that's when I bought it. But uh, I wish, I really wish it was on PlayStation, and Quantic Break is on, is on that list of mine as well, of, of exclusive games that I would like to come to console. Yeah, I, I think from what I've read of it, I think it'll be a game that, you know, I'll either I'll either see the whole way through or I'll know within an hour that I, I do, don't want to play it. So, you know, I'll give it I'll give it a go. There's obviously, you know, we, last week, listeners, if you survived, we did a, a massive indie uh, indie episode. There are still games there. I'm sure that Mindy and I are still picking through as well. So that will be great to see. Drop Bear Simulator. I'd like to get further into that. <laughs> I haven't really had much time for that yet. A little dangerous, but, you know, I'm looking forward to that as well. And then, of course, the you know, you know, Quantic Break is a, is like a television show tie-in like it's meant to be i know yes i think it's meant to be kind of a simultaneous thing with the tv show yes well the tv show is within the game so you watch it as you go oh is it like like the uh like the uh the not top gear oh you're thinking of the racing uh, game yeah yeah what is it's not top gear anymore what's it called now uh grand tour Thank you, Grand Tour. Yeah, yeah. No, this is actually, I mean, that was separate. You didn't have to, I mean, I suppose there were sections of the show. Yes, that's true in it. But this is, you actually play some of the game and then the game completely stops and you watch the episode. You have to. And then the game continues again. So it'll be interesting. I don't know. We will see. So look, you know, that's 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 plenty of 
plenty of games there. We're going to be busy. But look, why don't we, listeners, why don't we look at what we're actually playing now? And let's start with you, Folly. I believe Mindy and I are in good form, good vulture okay. form today. We are ready to pick apart your list. It's been a while. But let's, <laughs> let's let you start. What would you, what would you like to talk about? Uh, so, I mean, well, my, my latest platinum from last night, I believe, was Doom 2016. That's been good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I think the problem was I, I heard great things and I was really looking forward to playing it, but it was the, the next big game I played after uh, Titanfall 2. And I think two shooters in a row was, uh, was a little bit too much. And obviously... I, I enjoyed Titanfall 2 more than Doom. So I, I always think that's a problem. If you're playing two similar games, the second game has to be better than the game you've just played. Otherwise, you can't help but compare them side by side. Um, so, uh, but it, it's been good um, and it didn't take me long. It took a, few, a couple of weeks. Uh, so uh, I'd, I'd definitely recommend it. It's, a, it's, a, it's an easy game for people to, to get through. Have you guys played that one? I've played a little. I'm going to ask you a question here because I've not played Titanfall 2, so I, I don't know here. But yes. in comparison, when I played Doom, I found, and the, I mean, you know, it's it's known for it, it's a very fast game. Like things coming at you fast, you're moving fast. Yeah. Is Titanfall 2 as fast as that or is it more more paced? It can be in sections. I suppose it, dep- it depends what difficulty you play on because I because I went for the Platinum in Titanfall 2, uh, you have to play on the veteran difficulty or to get the, I think there's a, a trophy for, completing the game on veteran and so that automatically limits you to a certain degree unless you're a very very good shooter player which i am not you have to do a little bit of cover and things like that not so much as like a, a call of duty uh which whenever i play those on the harder difficulties i always feel like i'm in cover and just sort of popping out there's no running and gunning and there is a bit of that in titanfall 2 even on those hard difficulties but i think I think the big thing is obviously Titanfall 2 has the wall running. So it's it's maybe a similar sort of pace, but you've got that ver- verticality that you're sort of running across the walls and jumping off and, and trying to do uh, a lot more acrobatics, whereas Doom's fast, but it's all on the ground pretty much. You've got the double jump, but I never really use that much in combat. Yeah, it is, it is a fast game, but I'd, I'd probably say Doom is faster. Hmm. Okay, interesting. And then, of course, this game is renowned. Are you going to do the DLC? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for Doom, no, no, no. I'm I'm done with I'm done with Doom. I think I did. I, to be honest, I did really enjoy the multiplayer. Um, I I was panicking because I I logged on. I think I think the boys woke me up far too early one morning and I couldn't sleep. So I put them back to bed and I think it was about four a.m. Uh, and I came downstairs and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try the Doom multiplayer just because it's it's quick uh, to pop those couple of trophies and I put it on and there was just no one online. And I was like, Oh, it's dead. Like um, that's a shame. But obviously it was just because of the server I was on. No one was on at 4am. Cause why would you be unless you're me? So then I tried again that evening and I think we only ever managed to get like five people into a game. I think it's like maximum eight or something like that. And I, I had a great time. Like I really, really enjoyed it. It was good fun, but to do the DLC, with just like five people in a lobby uh, or to boost it. I'm, I'm just not interested. I don't, I don't think, I don't think I've got it in me. Hmm. That's fair enough. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Next. So uh, the, uh, the last trophy I actually earned, which I earned yesterday morning was um, 
uh, Apex Legends, I reached player level 50. Uh, so that was a silver trophy. I'm massively into Apex Legends at the moment. I, I will I will try not to bore you guys with it because uh, I, I know I go on about it far too much in the Discord and uh, and, and those sorts of things. But it's um, uh, if anyone doesn't know, it's a free-to-play Battle Royale game, which I know is probably most gamers' two worst sentences that you can possibly hear, free-to-play and Battle Royale. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's very, very good. It's made by Respawn, who made Titanfall 2 and uh, recently Jedi Fallen Order. And it's uh, it's fantastic. Um, I it launched back in February, uh, start of this year, and it was it was one of those where I think there was a there was like a press conference or a direct or something, and it was like, oh, there's some news coming, and they literally just said, here's this new game, here's a trailer, it's available now, and I got caught up in the hype, downloaded it immediately, and then sort of played the training mode and was like, mm, no, I'm, I'm playing this other game at the moment. And I, I never really jumped into it because I've never really been one for, for online gaming and competitive gaming. But then a couple of, maybe four months ago or so, uh, a friend of mine who I don't get to see as much as I, as I used to because obviously family commitments and those sorts of things, he messaged and was like, oh, we should play some PlayStation together because he, he loves gaming as well. So I was like, yeah, yeah, great. And we were going to start Borderlands 2 because I think it was the um, it was the PlayStation Plus game at the time. And I sort of went, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's a co-op game that we've both got. But in the back of my mind, I was like, that's another game I'm going to have to platinum. Like, he doesn't trophy hunt, so it doesn't bother him. But I was like, I'm going to play this, pop a trophy, and then it's just going to be sat on my profile, irritating me that I'm, I need to get the platinum. <laughs> so... I was looking through and looking through and I was like, oh, actually Apex Legends, because that's got like, I think it's like nine or 10 trophies. I was like, if that sits on my profile, that's not going to bother me. And there's no platinum. So happy days. And we started playing it and just we're we're currently sort of like playing one, at least once a week, if not twice a week. And it, and it's just great. It's a friend that, like, like I say, well, I don't get to see him in person as much as I'd like to. So we just uh, get to get in party chat and hang out and play. And it's uh, it's fantastic. I'm going to take a sidebar here, listeners, because there's something I've been wanting to ask you for a while. You, you're you falling into the, well, in fact, you're deeply in this stage, I believe, at this point. You're falling into this uh, stage of the gamer where you're being exposed to a lot of games and you're, you want to play everything. And you, you're starting some very yeah. long games like Persona 4 Golden and and all these sort of things. So what yeah. I'm interested in, which look more power to you, is fantastic. Have you also come to the dark side where you're not really worried about the Platinum anymore? You're just going to play it for the game. And then because it's just something like Persona 4, there's a big difference between playing the story once and getting the Plat in time uh, difference and, and things like that. Have you come yeah. to that point or are you still with the mentality that you, you're going to try and Plat all these things as well? No, I I very much, um, I think there was a game a few months ago. Uh, I, I started playing Wild Arms 3. In fact, I think I might have been playing it last time I was on the podcast, so that shows how long ago it was. And at that point, I was very much in a, right, if I start something, I'm going for the Platinum. And I, I really, after about 20, 30 hours with Wild Arms 3, I was just like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not enjoying this. And, and I dropped it all together. And that sort of that sort of made me think, and I was like, if there's a game that I really want to play, but I know I'm not going to get the platinum in it, like I shouldn't let that stop me playing the game. So I sort of I decide beforehand, and if I decide beforehand I'm going to get the plat, I will I will definitely 
try as hard as I can for that. But the, I've I've got like I think I bought Witcher three in a say a few sales ago for like seven pound, and I'm I'm just not going to platinum that game. Like it's just it's just not going to happen because it's like a hundred odd hours apparently. So, but I do still want to play it because everyone says what an incredible game it is. So I can't I can't limit myself to only playing games that I think I'll get the plat on because obviously with three kids at home and things like that, it's like my gaming time is probably 10 hours a week, something like that, maybe like 10, 11 hours. And so if I'm only, if I'm going to try and platinum a hundred hour game, like forget about it, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be half the year gone. With Persona 4, I'm, I'm definitely going to finish a playthrough. Whether I then go back for the plat, I'm not sure, but that's the added bonus that it's on the Vita. So you know, I, I don't need the TV because we, we've only got one TV in the house. So I don't need the TV. I don't need, you know, I don't even need to be downstairs. I can just be like out and about and just have the Vita with me and just keep chipping away at it. So we'll see how I get on again. Yeah, no, it's a perfect game game uh, for a portable yeah. that. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Excellent. Well, welcome to the non-completionist side. Your, your, your completion <laughs> percentage is a little high, but it's close enough to acceptable range now. That, uh, oh, thank that you, I, thank I you. That does mean you. a lot. Yeah. No, it's it's very liberating. You can play everything now. Well done. Well done. Now, while we're just on the subject of Apex Legends as well, because I've been thinking about this recently, I actually with Apex Legends, I buy the the season pass every every season as well, which is about eight pound uh, in the UK, and I think it's similar everywhere else. Obviously, to like level up and unlock cosmetics and things, and I do think that while it. I, it got me thinking about you get sort of like your daily challenges and your weekly challenges and all those sorts of things. And actually I've noticed that completing those challenges gives me the same sort of satisfaction that, that trophy hunting does. And um, I, I did want to mention it because I think that a lot of these daily challenges, you can say a lot about games as a service and, and free to play games in a negative light. But the one thing I do like is I think that the challenge element, it actually does what, trophies tried to do originally in that it makes you play the game different ways so for instance with apex legends you get challenges like oh land in this area on the map land in this area on the map and it's something easy that you can just do but they're areas that i don't normally land because they're not my favorite spots so it and then there's it there's challenges for playing as certain characters and it might be characters i don't certainly play uh, necessarily play as and um and then like using weapons that i don't normally use as well so the thing I do like uh, about these free-to-play games and the season passes is the challenges make you play the game in different ways, which I think is quite good. And I think something that trophies used to do that maybe they they don't do as much anymore. I think there's a lot to be said for those in-game yeah. achievements because, I mean, most of the games I, I play, you know, are trophy-based or whatever, but, I mean, there's a similar thing in, in Final Fantasy fourteen. I mean, the, the trophies, you know, they stopped a long time ago or whatever for me, but there are, as you're saying, there's a lot of in-game achievements yeah. for even just going to a different area and, and opening that part of the map up or doing so many crafting or so many things. And it's funny because, you know, I don't I don't look at that list or whatever, but it does, and I, I'm sure it's possibly the same in Apex, it does come up when you hit one of them, it'll sort of come up on the screen and say, but, I mean, they, they don't come up very often, obviously, because they're, they take a lot yeah. of time but yeah it's it's interesting and you know as i i find that interesting because and again apex is a is a cross uh, cross-platform game as as is final fantasy 14 and most of the people i play with on that are pc players so they are actively going for those in-game achievements they're sort of a they you know they, they want to do this this dungeon or this or this and it's yeah there's a lot of merit to that i think you're i think you're right yeah absolutely they never end <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely every day every day a different challenge so happy days happy days 
and then I, I will mention it so you guys don't get the satisfaction of bringing it up. I did get the platinum in My Name is Mayo uh, at the end of November, which was it's the second time I've done it as well, which is which is insane. But I just I found myself not ready to go to bed, and I had the Vita in my hand, so I was like, "What the hell? I'll give that a go." And uh, and that's it for the sort of like first page of my of my trophy log on on PSN profile. So that that's been the sort of last couple of weeks, really. That's excellent. Now, with this, my name is Mayo. I want your opinion on this. the The platinum percentage is ninety seven point nine three percent. So, what is happening to the other two point oh seven percent of people? Do you think? Well, what's happened? Do you know what there was? There was a little bit when I. Because obviously the way the trophies stack, I think you you unlock most of them early on, and then at that point you've probably got about six thousand taps, and then there's a trophy for eight thousand mm. taps and a trophy for ten thousand taps, and they're going to be the last two you earn. And I was sort of going through, going through like, oh god, yeah, why did I start this? This was stupid. And then when I got to nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine, there was a little bit in my brain that just went, just leave it, just leave it <laughs> that one tap, and then. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I also had him back in my mind. I was like, you're going to be speaking to CJ in a couple of weeks. Like, that would be really funny just to say, oh, yeah, I'm at 9,999 taps. I've just not done that last one yet. Um, but, yeah. I, but then by the time I got there, I was like, no, I, I need this to have been for something. I can't, I can't just put it down now and, uh, and have the last four, like half an hour, 45 minutes be for absolutely nothing. So, uh, so I, did, I, I did have to pop it in the end. But yeah. It- I wonder if there are people who are waiting to be like the longest completion oh, time on My Name is Mayo. That could be. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it's a sizable number. I mean, 400 on this stack alone, 424 people. I mean, you can you can count Ike there as one, but that's still 423 yeah. other people. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Look, you know, look, if you're having troubles with that game, well, I, I don't know what's going to happen there because it doesn't get better. Trust me. It definitely, definitely doesn't get any. Yeah. Yeah. But that's good. Yeah. Or maybe, look, maybe there are, I mean, it's a high span game. Maybe there's just 400 people playing it now. <laughs> They're in the process of finishing it. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But look, you know, it's a, it's a gem of the system. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. So Mindy, shall we, uh, shall we shuffle? Actually, Folly, before oh. we move on, I want to ask you about. Um, yes. Foul play because I've had this. I've downloaded this, and sometimes I think about playing it, and I just don't. But uh, it it's a Devolver Digital game, so it's going to be quirky. Yeah, it's um. So it it was good. I really enjoyed it. Again, it was um. So I actually started this. I, I started this game when it was a a plus game. I think I played it co op with a friend one night when it first was on plus, and then when I got the Vita, it was obviously in my download list for Vita. So I thought, oh, I'll I'll download it. It's it's on there. And um, I actually started playing it um, on the plane on the way to my uh, my stag do. Just okay, like it was like a, a flight uh, for like a, an hour and forty minutes. So I thought, perfect. I'll just I'll just play this. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was great. It's not difficult. The only downside is that I think if you're in the EU or on the EU servers, the plat is unobtainable unless you have a Vita. Is what I've read. Basically, what it is, there's a trophy. There is a there's there is an online trophy, and that online trophy is for equipping two team charms. Uh, you get charms which obviously have different sort of like status effects to your character, like making combos last longer, those sorts of things. And uh, you need to, to equip team charms, which can only be done in a co-op game. Now, the game does have local co-op. Local co-op does not work on the EU servers. I don't know if that's the same everywhere else. It just for for whatever reason it tries to create the game 
the game session and it just boots player two out immediately. It just won't connect. I did, when this game first came out, I had a friend who was living in Japan at the time and we managed to get a game going over over online. I think he had to start the game on the Japanese server or the Asian server, whatever he was on. And then I had to join it from the EU and that worked fine. But I have seen posts on the um, on PSN profiles with some EU people saying that that's not working for them. Whether that's because they're doing it wrong and they're trying to start the game or not, I don't know. But they... Yeah, there there seems to be a lot of people struggling with that method. So the way I did it, which does still work, is I started a game on my Vita and then joined that game from my PS4. I did it on two different profiles, but actually, apparently, you can just use your same profile, just log in on the PlayStation and log in on the Vita, and that works fine. But you have to join your own game and then equip the charms and the trophy pops. And I think that's why I I, I didn't look too much into it, but... I seem to remember, yeah, there were some trophy problems in this game, and and I, you know, I like my completion percentage, so I, I've been a little gun shy about this one. Yeah, well, I don't, uh, I don't believe the issues will affect yourself being in the states. I think it's it's literally just a, a European problem, and obviously the game's so old now. There's absolutely no way that's getting fixed. Like it's it's just not. So yeah, just a word of warning: if you can borrow someone's Vita, or I have a Vita. I love no, my no, you're, you're okay. Like I say, you should you should be fine to um to just do it like locally on on your PS4 because I think the the American servers are absolutely fine. But if you're in the EU, you're going to need someone with a Vita to uh, to come around your house and uh, and pop this trophy for you and local co-op it. Yeah, and local yeah and local co-op it. I think I even saw when I was looking on PSN profiles, there was I think there was a guy in Italy that literally said, "Oh, I really want to get the platinum for this game." And he was like, if anyone finds themselves in Italy, like, come round, I will cook you a meal. <laughs> oh, man, I thought you were going to say, I will fly someone out. <laughs> no, to... Not quite that much. Like one of those people. Yeah, not quite that much. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd happily get a holiday to Italy if it, uh, I'll just take my visa with me. That's absolutely fine. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it... See, there are benefits to owning a Vita. Yeah, Welcome to the club. But it's a great game. I recommend it. Um, just really basic sort of side-scrolling beat-em-up. Like there's there's a few challenges that are a little bit difficult, but nothing, like you can just reload the checkpoint and try again. And once you've got the enemy patterns down, you, you pick it up quite quite easy. It's uh, it's well worth playing. Mindy, shall we go across to what you've been playing? Sure. Well, I've continued to go deep into the backlog because uh, I've got some PS3 games to talk about. <laughs> it only took twelve months. Excellent. Yeah, well, these weren't even ones that were on my profile before. These were little quick, quick games that I could finish for a side event. First one is called Voodoo Chronicles. This is a hidden object game, not Artifacts Monday. This is, and I should have looked this up. I think this is, I can't remember the name of the company that put out all the PS3 hidden object games. But I think this is one of theirs. This one, eh. I don't know if if it's if it's the 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 port is not great or if I've just been too I guess spoiled by how hidden object games control on the PS4. Uh but this one was uh quite sluggish. Some of the like progression puzzles, the things you needed to do, the sequence of actions you needed to do to, you know, get to another screen didn't make a ton of sense. 
And actually, if this kind of game is not your forte, you might struggle because you don't have unlimited hints. Like, they're, all of the trophies are for just doing the minigames. So just don't skip the minigames and you'll you'll get all the trophies. But you only have a finite amount of hints that you can use to help you through, like, the hidden object scenes. And you get two hints every time you solve one of these puzzles that are tied to the trophies. But that's still a finite amount of hints, which means you could get yourself in real trouble you know, in the back end of the game, if you're just carelessly using the uh, the hint button. Is, is state that, Mindy, or, or is was that like a surprise sort of halfway through, or...? Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a... Your hint button is called a hint machine, and it gives you this indication that it runs on, like, electric charges. But no, it doesn't, right. overt, it doesn't overtly say, like, you know, once you've blown through this, you've blown through this. Okay. But, you know, the hint meter does have a little number drawn on it, so you have to look at it and realize that that's what that means. That you have, you know, five hints to use. You yes. know what I mean? But that's surprise. I haven't, I don't think I've seen a hidden object game that's done that. Had those just kind of finite hints. So, I don't know if I'd recommend It's not, you know, it's not a, terrible. It's just, there, there are much better ones. For sure. Uh, and then the other one I played, <laughs> this one hurt, uh, was X-Blaze Lost Memories. And I had forgotten the X-Blaze games just refuse to end. They really <laughs> do. So I have platinumed X-Blaze Code Embryo uh, twice. That is purely a visual novel that's actually a prequel to this X-Blaze Lost Memories game. These games go on and on and on and it hits an ending like three times and it's still not done so x-play's last memories is mostly visual novel it's also broken up with a little bit of let's call it gameplay where you walk around and pick up fragments of memories and sometimes you get more visual novel stuff after that sometimes you don't so you think okay that's the game i'm switching between visual novel and this little dungeon thing but then you get through this little dungeon or maze whatever thing picking up all the memories and then you get a like an ending cutscene, and then there's still like two hours of visual novel after that like it does not end <laughs> and there's no skip button so you have to sit there and and hammer the the x button yeah the, oh okay yeah i was gonna say so so listen as if i, I mean this is an older visual novel anyway but the the standard practice is if you're not going to read this is you'd really need a turbo controller to, to push those sections through. But yeah, I mean, I don't know those, those games. You have to be careful because there's little parts uh, in the game, mostly after the dungeon crawler stuff Uh, where you have to answer like a quiz and there are trophies tied to these quizzes. Yeah. And then there aren't any, you don't need to make any sort of dialogue decisions until like the last hour of the game. Yes, that's right. And then the dialogue decisions actually kind of matter because it gets you the last couple of like keywords you need for uh, a trophy. Mm. So that's annoying. Mm. So you can't fully ignore this game. Mm. Mm. It does have a great plat name though. Omnipotent, yes, which may or may not be my 550th <laughs> platinum name. I'm still pulling as for we went myself. last week. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Mindy? Uh yeah, last thing last thing to talk about of note is uh Dreamwalker Never Fall Asleep. Now, this is the new Artifacts Monday game. Um I don't think it's out yet. 
I think this is coming out next week. So actually, by the time this podcast goes out, it it might be out. But as of time of recording, it's not out yet. This is I actually I this is one of the ones I recommend. I you know I I come on I say a lot of artifacts money games are the same, and yeah, this one is. It, you know, it feels and it feels and plays like every other artifacts money game, but. This one is interesting because they try to do some different things with it. So the last Artifacts Money game that really sticks out in my head is Noir Chronicles because it's just murder mystery. Like there's no supernatural stuff. There's Because at the end of the day, there's always some sort of supernatural thing in Artifacts Money games. Noir Chronicles and like Path of Greed, those were strictly like murder mystery games, which is great. It's something different. This one, while there is supernatural stuff, because you're like a like a psychic or something who can enter people's consciousness and deal with their nightmares, whatever. What I want to point out in this one is they try to do different things with the hidden object scenes, where it's not just this set location of messy stuff. There's one that you do entirely through night vision goggles. There's one that you do uh, because you're holding a camera and you're trying to take a picture. And you have to like move all the stuff out of the way so you can take a picture of the thing you need to take a picture of. It mixed it up a little bit, which surprised me. Um, this one specifically was developed by uh, House of Voodoo, which did the uh, Enigmatis trilogy of the Artifacts Monday games. So this one... Is this a longer one then? No. It's the you know, same amount of time. Oh, okay. Well, actually... This one did take me a little longer to write the guide for. So I guess technically it is longer, but, you know, I test, I just tested my walkthrough and it's the same one and a half to two hour completion with a walkthrough. So maybe it's longer. But it's not like that. One of those enigmatuses was really long, I think, from memory, wasn't it? Uh, that... Well, that's because you had to play it twice. That's oh, okay. That's right. Because one of them, I think it was the second one, you had to play it once making one set of decisions and then play it once making the other set of decisions. Yeah, yeah. And that was for a trophy. But I liked this one. So if you're going to, you know, if you're going to pay for an Artifacts Monday game, I mean, of course you're going to pay, but if you're going to pick up an Artifacts Monday game, this one I, I think you should look at. Well, listeners, to be honest with you, I basically, I basically shot all my games in the last episode, I've realized now, looking at my list. So I didn't hold anything back, even though I advised Mindy to, to potentially hold something back because we were recording a day later. So, look, I don't really have any. I mean, I could I could sell the virtues of Foxyland Asian Edition uh, stack for you if you like. But, look, I think I, I can spare you. I spare you of that. But, look, I should say something, I suppose. So rather than talk about games, because I have nothing to talk about there, I thought I would indulge you for a moment on a movie. Mindy. And it's a movie that I've been putting off for weeks. Well, I, you know, we live in a, the backwards country of Australia, so I was forced to put it off for months. But it finally came came here. Uh, and so, so finally, we could watch it. And this is The Midsummer by Ari, uh, well, directed by Ari Aster. So this guy is, uh, I don't know, Mindy, if you're familiar with his work. He, his previous film, Hereditary, uh, he's in the horror genre, I suppose, the sort of abstract, abstract, abstract horror genre. Have you, have, have either of you seen this film or... No, I've heard of Hereditary, but I haven't heard, I haven't seen uh, this one. I've heard of both of them, but uh, I do not do well with scary movies. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm not, I actually, after I saw in Discord when you posted about uh, watching this and um, 
and about his other movie Hereditary. And then I, I was on Netflix or Amazon Prime, whichever one it was, and Hereditary came up. And I, I, I was looking at it for a good sort of like thirty seconds. Like, shall I give it a go? And I chickened out. I just, I just can't do it. I'm no, I'm no good with that. Well, the funny thing about that hereditary, I didn't know anything about him when we watched it, and it's, it's, it, it starts off. I mean, it's not really a horror for three quarters of the film, and then the last fifteen minutes, it's very intense, a uh, very, very intense. I thought, but it's just very. Okay. It, random, like random things would happen. Uh, you know, I can't go to it without spoiling it or whatever. But so, so it interested me. And now this midsummer, I, I actually put off because I found the last ten minutes or so of Hereditary pretty, pretty full on. And I thought this could be a bit much because it's a very long film at three hours. If it's if it's like that for three hours, it could be a bit much for for, for an aging man like myself. So <laughs> I, I I finally got to it, and I can I can uh, you know if you're worried about horror, listeners, I can assure you this is not a bad film. It's not for for the horror element. It's not it's not that sort of you know. It's definitely not slasher. It's not jump scare at all it's a very slow burn abstract sort of horror and i you know again we can't really go into it other than to say i really like things and that are created by people where it's just off the wall and three hours is a long time i mean three hours is like that's three platinums for me so it's a hugely long time <laughs> to commit to something like this but i wasn't bored throughout it at all and it was abs it was really really abstract and it was one of those films where there are some very you know very full-on scenes but not you know n- nothing crazy or whatever uh, but it's a film at the end which i love where you just sort of like what happened is that what I thought happened? What really happened? Where's YouTube? Where's the computer? I need to find out what everybody else thought happened. So, look, that is that is pretty much all I can drop on you. If you're if you're you know if you're bored, you know you have three hours or whatever else. Uh, it's a perfect movie. Look, you know. To- oh, it's about a cult. It is. Oh, that is scary. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's but it not not in the way you think. It really you would love it, Mindy. There's so many different things going on, and look. There is one of the greatest group sex scenes I've ever seen. It is just, it will make you laugh. Like there is so much humor in this movie. It's its not funny. I mean, it's hugely funny. Sorry. So uh, look, it's well worth it. And, you know, it's its one of those films that will, you know, if, you, if you've been worried about the horror, just just jump in. But as I said, game wise, unfortunately. Sidebar, sidebar, have you ever seen The Wicker Man? Not the awful Nick Cage one, but the original no, one. No, I haven't. No, I've not the seen The good that. one? No. You might like it if you if you really like this one. It I I was just reading a little summary of uh, Midsummer. You might like the the good Wicker Man, not the Nick Cage one, the good one, the seventies one with uh, Christopher with Christopher Lee. Can can we have another sidebar as well? I just I don't want to let. The oh sentence... my goodness, listeners! The sidebars have sidebars. This is fantastic. Yeah. Please, Polly, pull up a sidebar. A sidebar. <laughs> I do not want to let the sentence one of the best group sex scenes I've ever seen slip by without just clarifying how many exactly you have seen, CJ. Are are you saying that you're an authority on the subject and this is top 10 or... Well, look, I understand British people are very staid. You know, they're very conservative. You know, I know I know these things, but I know what goes on inside the British house. So while you present this conservative image, sir, I think I could turn this question around to you and say, how, now, was it seen or participated in? <laughs> yeah, look, look, I suppose I suppose we shouldn't open the door too far. The after dark episode starts later, but no, look, it's, it's, it, it, like to be honest with you, and a sidebar on the sidebar of the sidebar, I find watching sex scenes in movies can be very awkward sometimes. I just, it's just, I mean, I played Terminator Resistance the other week, and it has a sex scene in a game that goes for like thirty seconds, and it does side shots, and it's just too much. It's it was like weird 
there were people in the push to plat community posting screenshots of how awkward the angle oh, was on that. But it changes like angle. three different people posted screenshots and they're like, this angle is awful. And they're like, oh yeah, check this <laughs> one right. out. It's dreadful. It's dreadful. It's no, I was just going to say, because I find them so awkward and I think he's playing into that element. You know, I know I'm not the only one, you know, when you go to the cinema, it can be awkward, that sort of thing, you know, depending on who you're with or whatever else, I suppose. But but it, it's done in a way like it's, it's integral to the story, obviously, to moving it forward. But it's also so over the top that you just have to laugh at it as well. So, yeah, I, it's, perfect. it's perfect. I did read an article, um, I think it was on Kotaku a couple of weeks ago, that they had an interview with the guy from, I'm pretty sure it was Cyber cyberpunk 2077 and apparently that game is going to have uh motion captured sex scenes as well so i mean i i talking of awkward i would not want to be in the studio that day that sounds absolutely <laughs> horrific because <laughs> they'd be wearing the full capture suits as well <laughs> yeah absolutely like i have no idea all the dots on their face all that sort of stuff i'll tell you what it, Bizarre. it brings a new meaning to the to the term rubber on rubber though doesn't it i like it oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, look listeners i'm sorry we've did see this is what happens when a gaming podcast turns towards you know more more abstract film but let <laughs> look let's come back now and let's have a look at some new releases so mindy would you like to throw the the first one out what can our listeners look forward to this week sure uh let's go with i'm gonna start with super epic and i'm on the wrong game so let me there you go uh super epic Join a raccoon and a llama in their quest to save video games as we know them. Super Epic is a Metroidvania. Ooh, ooh, folly! Metroidvania. <laughs> there it is. There it is. What do you think about Metroidvanias? Do you like them? Do you play them? I I like a Metroidvania. I have I've got a little bit of a of a love hate relationship with them currently because I did I did play and I did stream Hollow Knight a while ago now and. I loved the game. It was absolutely fantastic. I finished the main story, no problem. I didn't find it too difficult. But I really struggled on one of the trials, some of the additional stuff. And it, yeah, it just got very, very hard very quickly. And um, I, I get a lot of grief off uh, particular members of, uh, of particular discords about when I'm going to finally finish that game and when I'm going to get the platinum. And I just don't think it's ever going to happen. But overall, I'd say I, I do like a Metroidvania. There seems to be a lot around at the moment, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm not against them. I was think I, it's not my, it's not my point that I'm making. I am reiterating a point I heard on a, on the game scoop podcast, I think, but actually there is a claim that the term Metroidvania is actually uh, an incorrect term. Which might be joy to CJ if the if we can get the, the term out. This is an invalid topic. Well, the reason being, um, Me- Metroid and Castlevania uh, both released the same year. I think they were within two like two months of each other. But like the the originals, but Metroid released first and was a Metroidvania. But the early Castlevania games were not Metroidvanias; they were side scrollers. So. Really, we should be using the term Metroid-like rather than a, a Metroidvania because Metroid did it first. Controversial, I know, but uh, I just wanted to throw that out there as well. I've been saving that one for see. No, you're you know you're not you're not wrong. Yeah, and this kind of goes to the uh, and we we really should save this for when the Metroidvania guy comes on because it will happen. But <laughs> the kind of umbrella is 
it's not referring to the old cast. It's referring specifically to Symphony of the Night. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and how that kind of took took the Metroid, not formula, but the 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 Metroidvania ness of the original Metroid, and built on it and refined it, and then added the leveling, like yes, the leveling yeah, yeah. up and and a lot more equipment and items and stuff because it's been a really long time since I played the original Metroid, but your your inventory was quite small in that game. There wasn't a whole lot that you would collect to access other areas, whereas Symphony of the Night really expanded on that. And then ever, you know, that's kind of what Metroidvanias now do. I mean, if you want to get technical about it, you know, you have Metroid and then you have like Blaster Master. Like that's a Metroidvania. And then that came out way before Symphony of the Night as well. Oh, okay. Rock and soundtrack, by the way, Blaster Master. Great game. Not so much the sequel, but great game. What a surprise, listeners. Metroidvanias causing confusion. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> CJ, CJ, do you want to ask Folly your Metroidvania question? Mega Man. <laughs> um, I do not have an affinity to, to Mega Man. Growing up, I was always a Sega kid, and I, n- I, never, I never really played uh, Mega Man as a result. So, um, and I've just never really jumped into it. I do have a, I do have a SNES Classic. And I've tried Mega Man on that, but it, it holds no particular place in my heart, unfortunately. So, uh, so no, no, no Mega Man for me. Hmm. What I've always found interesting, Folly, is that the emotional depth of Mega Man was never, was never say, as present as, as a more recent Metroidvania, Ori and the Blind Forest. I find that that, <laughs> that reaches an understanding with the gamer, I think. Have you, have you found that in, in your, your experience with Mega Man? You just didn't feel a personal deep connection perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I think it comes as part of like playing games as kids and, and those, those sort of things you, um, you hold dear from your childhood. I, Folly, he's messing with you. Oh, <laughs> not at all. Look, I'm fascinated. You know, he's what, what mess- should we he's talk? He's messing with you every every time someone actually like seriously talks about Metroidvania. CJ asks if Ori and the Blind Forest is a Metroidvania because that's his big confused point of confusion. Uh, okay. okay. Yes. Well, that was that was brought up before. But look, look, you know, Mindy, two of the most fascinating topics to me in the world are Metroidvania, Mega Man and soccer. And look, we've covered both of them today. So it's fantastic. <laughs> it does not get any, any better. So look, I have no idea what this has to do with Super Epic, but that game is available next week if you if you so wish, listeners. Because Super Epic is a Metroidvania. Oh, well, you know, there you go. What isn't these days? Filled with humor and satire with nonlinear gameplay, fast-paced exploration and combo-based combat. The weapon of choice. Oh, okay. Now I get it. <laughs> Combo-based combat. The weapon of choice against the evil Regnant Corps. Got everything in it. Excellent. Folly, would you like... You're a raccoon and a llama. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. All that's missing is a bassoon, and this thing would be would be flying off the shelf. So, look, uh, Folly, uh, a game. Let, let, uh, you, you have a few here. Uh, yeah, so I was, I was going to touch on Black Sad, Under the Skin. So just the the description, a dark corruption scandal in the heart of New York City's underworld is a case for charismatic detective John Blacksad. With its anthropomorphic characters and its incredible 1950s feel, Blacksad Under the Skin promises an eerily dark adventure of a detective novel, just like the eponymous, eponymous sorry, comic book series. So this uh, this game released a while ago, but I think it released broken. CJ, I think you bought it, didn't you? Yes, yeah. At the time? Mm. And um, I mean, this... 
this ticks all the boxes for me. This it's games like this that make me annoyed. I have a backlog because I think this is like a thirty pound game, and if I didn't have a backlog, I'd literally buy this as soon as it came out, and I would be playing it. But I have that thing in the back of my head of well, I can buy it, but when am I going to get to it? So I'm not going to be buying it currently, which which annoys me. But it's it's detective noir and it's uh, anthropomorphic animals, so uh, it just ticks all the boxes for me. I um, one of my one of my favorite games which I would love to get a remaster is the um, the Discworld Noir point and click. Oh, yeah. So just the more, the more detective noir games we get, uh, point and click adventures or uh, those sorts of games, just there's not enough of them in my opinion. Now, Black Side, this is done by um, Pendulo Studios. They're a Spanish studio that makes really gorgeous point and click adventure games. I think the only thing they have on PlayStation right now is Yesterday Origins. Okay. Which is kind of a darker, but they tended until yesterday. Yesterday was, was quite dark. And then Yesterday Origins is the sequel. Before that, they did kind of comedic ones. They had a series called Runaway that ran for, I think, four episodes. And they had the next big thing, which is a weird, I, I don't know if it translated properly, but it was like a, a Hollywood kind of a hollywood one and there's one that i don't think is on i don't think it's on um steam anymore it was for a while and i don't think it is anymore where it's like it's like basically it's like hollywood but with monsters maybe that is the next big thing and i'm i'm mixing it up because it's been a while but pendulo it's sad that black sad released broken because they're they're a good studio yeah they really put time and effort into their games so I'm hoping that this this sounds like a stack that is on the um on the the drop right now. And so I'm hoping that has been that has all been patched and that everything is working. Cuz it's not just like broken like the trophies were broken, like the game was broken, right? Yeah. And that's that's really sad cuz they're I'll, I'll stand up for them. They're a good studio. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would I would uh, advise uh just just a little bit of caution here listeners if you are thinking it's it's not a cheap game. Uh, I I would definitely wait because there have been some patches but I still see this problem with with the trophies. I have not been back. The animation is really good between the characters, but when you're moving around the backgrounds are not r- really fully rendered or they weren't when it first came out. So it did it did come out early. It wasn't released broken. Apparently it was not supposed to come out. So a lot of this stuff could be fixed, but one of the you know, I'm not going to defend them in this position because normally when this happens, the game is pulled from the store and the money is refunded. This wasn't the case this time. So they did leave it out there promising a patch a week later, which didn't come. But I do understand there are patches coming through now. So I think it's a game that maybe, you know, just wait wait a little bit for. Yeah. It's one of those things listening to, I can't remember if it was, well, it won't be the last episode because I know that's dropping today. But um, I, I, a couple of episodes ago, and I forget his name, apologies, the guy from Proven Gamer, talking about wait waiting for games to come on sale when you really want to play them and like supporting the developers and this is one of those games where i i do really want to pick it up and and i I would happily pay full price for it but it's just like i say the backlog i don't know when i'm going to fit it in so there's there's no point buying a 30 30 pound game to to sit in my uh in my backlog but at the same time i want to support this developer because i i i this is the exact sort of game this is 
this is a folly game. Like, this is what I want to play. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it can be a bit frustrating. That, that's a diff- that was a tricky tricky make there from Proven Gamer. Uh, shout out. Tricky, yeah, that that's a right, difficult yeah. position because he's not really an indie game player. So he, he's more referring to the biggest studios and he's coming from a position, yeah. just not, not to justify it, but he's coming from a, that tech early adopter position. I mean, I, I completely agree with him. and and it, But in a way, I mean, it's not the AAA guys that need it. It is the indie guys and these smaller yes. games where you do need to yeah. be jumping onto those games and, and i completely agreed with what he was saying he was he was 100 percent right and but it's just yeah i just can't put 30 pound no. on a game to to sit there and play for 12 months but it, it kills me because uh like i say this i want more games like this i definitely want more games yeah like no this. no of course so look look just give it a week or two and yeah. just see see before you jump into that one but from what i did play and, and admittedly i didn't it is a few hours before it was broken so i didn't get that far i did i did enjoy it so I look forward to, to going back to that. So, look, I'm going to throw out only because it's the only racing game coming out this week, Touring Carts, which looks fantastic. Now, my understanding from the list here that this will be a tougher one. So this will not be like our race with Ryan from a couple of weeks ago where it was a lovely easy kart racer. This will be more in the the vein of the the Super Fruits racing from the other other week hopefully not as uh, as difficult as some of the card games but look we'll wait we'll wait and see and it does have a vr component to it although it doesn't expand on what that exactly is so look that that could be interesting shall we go around again is there another one uh folly yeah so we've got card apocalypse which i think looks pretty good i do like my card games and we've got let me just read the blurb on this so we've got make friends play cards twist the rules become a mega mutant power pets master and try and save the world in a single player rpg uh, about being a 90s kid explore dudsdale elementary and build killer card decks to defeat the mutants from everybody's favorite collectible card game that have invaded the real world so looking at it this looks to be some sort of like pokemon ripoff which i'm a huge fan of it's depressing that i'm getting to the point where the 90s is considered like old school now it's that horrific thing where I, I I keep seeing PS2 games referred to as retro. I'm like, Jesus Christ, when did this happen? But uh, but yeah, this I mean, this looks great. I love card games, and I I mean, I, I love the '90s, so uh, so I, I think I'd be all over this one. Perfect, something to look out for. And Mindy, I know you had another one as well. Would you like to share? I do, and it's headliner Navi news. Hmm. And this is kind of, I don't know if it's a straight up sequel or if it's a remake of a game that's just called Headliner. Anyway, award-winning adventure where you control national news. A stack of news articles sits on your desk's desk and it's time to make decisions. After work, emerge on the streets of Navistan, shaped by the very news you publish. Watch the city change day by day and influence the lives of the four main characters. I will glibly call this Fox News Simulator. <laughs> i like it because you can like you can you can put out like real news or you can put out just highly opinionated stuff fake news you know designed to manipulate people mm. it's interesting i think i'm gonna give this one a go i do love the trophy list for this game it's got some fun descriptions like uh don't you have like red dead redemption 2 to play or something <laughs> that's a trophy description it's, you know, it's a fun little trophy list. It does look like you have to play the game, I think, five times, it says. Like, there's an actual trophy for doing it. Mm. Yeah. One for completing the game, one for completing the game twice, and then one for completing it five times. You know, depending on how this plays, because I, I I have not played either of them. Because there are, there's Headliner, and then there's Headliner Navi News. They're both on Steam. Pretty, pretty cheap. 
but you know, depending on you know how long how long does a game go? How long does the game go? You know what I mean? Yeah, especially with five playthroughs. Like if it's if it's an hour every time, and if those playthroughs are wildly different as well, I suppose depending on the options available to you, it might be five completely different playthroughs, or some might be a little bit similar. Exactly. It's impressive to see that there's still some good, interesting games coming this late in the year. I know we mentioned this in the last episode, but it, it's, I mean, it's alarming as well. You know, there is no rest for the wallet, but it, it's good to see. I mean, I don't remember this being like this last year. So, Well, this is the, I mean, this is the time to do it, isn't it? Because all the big AAA stuff is done for the yeah. year. So, you know, you want to avoid that release window of like October to mid-November. Yeah or really mid-September to mid-November, and then get your stuff in. So you're not competing as much with, you know, Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed and Battlefield, you know, all the, all the big ones that release around this time of year. Yeah, no, that that's that's very, very true. So look, something something for everyone, perhaps, there, listeners, although I'm sure many of you are are under under the weight of, of many of the recent games over the last few weeks as well. So look, you know, the sales are, are out there, sales coming, just, just wait and see. Wait and see what you what you have time to play, I suppose. So why don't we move across now to the topic? So this topic was worded in a much more succinct and, and better way from uh, from our listener and Discord member, uh, Gaz Davis. Now, unfortunately, I've, I've, I've lost the original thing, but I've got the gist of it, sir. So you'll have to You'll have to to bear with me because yours was more elaborate than ours is going to be. But you know, it's the same thing. We'll we'll touch we'll touch the points. So we're gonna have a look here at the impact of video games on younger generations or younger people. We're not gonna go crazy like into depth, you know, scientifically stats sort of things. This is more from you know just a, an observation perspective. Although Folly has has young children, and we're going to look at you know it's it's not a negative thing necessarily, just the the sort of positive ne- and negatives and and if there is a, a line there or whatever. So to kick this off, Folly. Now we were talking about sort of an age range before we started, and you you mentioned that one of your youngest ch- uh, children is three three and a half years old. Yes. Yes. Can I ask, now obviously I don't have children, you know, listeners or whatever, so I, I'm very, you know, a, a child from the age of two to nine is roughly the same thing to me. So uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm not fully uh, across the development cycle, but at 3.5 years old, is that too young to even play anything or is that? Is uh, that- it's, it's, the, it's far too old to play anything competently. Hmm. That's, that's not for want of trying. Um, he... He does, but both my my youngest and my my middle lad, I would say, uh, my my middle lad is is five. I would say they're both too young to game necessarily, but they they do try. If I'm if I have something on, um, like a, a racing game or a, a beat 'em up, they definitely want to to get involved. And and beat 'em ups are, are fantastic for that because. Obviously, you can just mash buttons, and like weird and weird and wonderful combos will come out, and they'll accidentally shoot a fireball and think it's the coolest thing in the world. So, um, they they do try, but they they don't really understand what's what's going on. Even the um, we've got Lego Marvel superheroes, but even that is just completely out of their ability currently, without without a lot of patience and a lot of coercion about what actually has to happen and and how they actually need to to do things. Okay, so look, I want to I want to start. I've got a few questions because you know I've observed these creatures in the wild. I've seen them around the place. Now, one of the things that 
you know, I find interesting is we're living in the iPad generation. You know, you go you go out to a cafe, go out for coffee or something. If there's a young child there. It's almost guaranteed there's going to be an iPad propped up in front of them or something else. So now, do you think, and this is obviously in a personal, you know, for, for you personally, do you use a gaming system yeah. the same way? Does it give you a break from your children? Not gaming system at the moment, although I'm sure it will in the future. Um, but, uh, TV is definitely a thing if, um, depending on, depending on the morning, if, uh, if for instance, I've managed to get by some sort of miracle, a full eight hours sleep and, uh, like I'm feeling rested and the boys have had a good night's sleep and everyone's feeling really harmonious, get up in the morning, have some breakfast and like maybe play a board game or something in the morning. And it's all very angelic or very like sort of modern family and we have a great time however and a lot any parents listening will relate to this there are some nights where i've been up two or three times in the night with them one of them has woken up on the wrong side of the bed and has completely decided that any fun anyone is having they want to ruin that fun and it's all gets a little bit fraught and a little bit too much and then that's the time where it's like okay guys we'll put a film on let's all sit down with some disney and everyone just not speak to each other for an hour and a half while we all sort of reset back to zero uh, and and get ready to carry on with the day. Okay, good. So let, let's start with some positives. What I suppose we're talking more about your elders then here because because he's of an age that, that can game. What are some of the positives you see him gaining from from spending time gaming? Um, so I think I think a big thing is uh, and and it's a way. It's something that I. I don't remember from myself growing up with gaming. Obviously, when I grew up with gaming, it was like the Sega Genesis and and that sort of thing. And I always remember, obviously, there was no online multiplayer. There was there was couch co-op for certain games. And, and I used to play, I used to maybe have like four or five games that I'd play, but they would reach a point where I would get stuck. As as a as a child, sort of on Sonic or or whatever it might be, and then like I would be taken to like my big thing at a weekend was I would be taken to rent uh, a game from from Blockbuster or or from from the local uh, rental place. So I actually I think I played more games as a kid than than he currently does because because of that rental. So I never really stuck with anything for for too long. I'd I I never really got better at anything because if I got stuck, I'd just be like, well, I'm not playing it. And I knew that I'd be able to then play something new at the weekend because I'd be renting something. Whereas he, his big thing is Overwatch massively. Uh, he he was until recently, it's, it's moved over to, to Apex Legends a little bit now, but he's massively into uh, to Overwatch, uh, like got Overwatch Lego figures, Overwatch Funko Pops, all, all that sort of stuff. Uh, he loves it. And, it, but it, he literally would exclusively play that and, and on the rare occasion, there was a, a Sonic, uh, sorry, a, a PlayStation Plus game like Sonic Mania, uh, like that's age appropriate. I, I might show him that and he'd maybe try it for like 10 minutes. He'd be like, yeah, no, I'm going to play Overwatch. And that sort of single mindedness has really allowed him to like get really good. And I think obviously, unless he becomes a, a multi-million pound esports player, which I'm I'm not holding out much hope on, but <laughs> that that's sticking with something and improving and trying to reach goals within that one thing. I think that's a really good sort of singular focus rather than when I was a kid of, well, this has got too hard. I'm not playing that anymore. What can I rent from a, from a, from the video store? He really is. And it was, it used to be, I'd sort of sit in the same room with him when he, we first got Overwatch and he'd play it 
And it was absolutely infuriating to watch because he was terrible. And like, that's fine. He was like eight at the time. Like it's no judgment. He, he has every right. But um, it was, uh, I sort of sit there and I'm like, this is really frustrating for me. I was, I was trying really hard not to backseat game, but it was, it was very difficult. But I sit with him now and he's like, he, he's really, really good at it at like the age of, of 10. He's he's absolutely fantastic and uh, he, he plays really well and uh, to the point where actually on Apex Legends I was a bit, I, I think I was posting in the Discord uh, or it might have been a different one the other day he actually got the trophy for becoming the kill leader in Apex before me so I was feeling really frustrated he he plays on my profile currently and um, so it popped on my profile and I was really annoyed because I was like if I get the hundred percent now. I won't have got the hundred percent because he's got that trophy, and I was really frustrated. But um, I actually managed to to become kill leader, and I got a clip of it as well, like like, like the other day. So it's fine now. Even though I didn't pop the trophy, I have become the kill leader at some point. So I, I'm back on for the hundred percent, which uh, which I'm really pleased with. Now I I would like to go down this line if this is okay with you here. So you've mentioned Overwatch. Now I know that this game works in matches. So there is a definite finish to the match, but the way the game is designed is that you continue to play like Fortnite, like Apex, you, you start another match and another match. It's, 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 it's incentivized. Yeah. The game basically forces you in. So, so are you concerned? And I, I cover this from a thing because for myself, when I was younger, I always avoided open games because I thought this is a massive time sink. You get in, you lose time, and then you're, you're sort of away. And it's part of the reason why I never started an MMO for so long because I, I understand that it's very easy to fall into this loop. And we see this a lot with games like Fortnite. There are problems, you know, where there are no limits. So does that concern you? That like, Or, or maybe a better question is how do you impose a limit then or does that not become an issue? of how much time they can play we definitely try and limit screen time to a to a certain degree so we have sort of set days where he can go on and and it's very much we're currently at the stage where as i mentioned before we've got one tv in the house so it's easy to limit that because it's not uh, it's not the case that he's got a tv in his room and he'll just disappear upstairs and 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 can play his own PlayStation and and the 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 PlayStation the PS4 was actually I got it as a present for my thirtieth birthday and it's very much referred to as my my PlayStation. So hmm. he has to ask if he wants to go on it. He has his set days and it, and it's understood that it's a treat. It's not it's not just what you know what we do day in day out. It's I've had a good day today. Like I've, I've worked hard at school. I've done whatever. I've done my swimming lesson, etc. And I've earned this time on the on the PlayStation. And uh, and he really enjoys it. And it's very much used as a as an incentive of you know you're allowed to go on this because you are nearly ten and you are old enough to go on it. And also you know you've earned it today. You've you know you've really uh, you've really helped us out around the house, things like that. You know done chores and things like that. So it's it's uh, it's it's useful in that regard because uh, he does he does love going on the PlayStation. In terms of it, it being like an ongoing thing, it it does it does concern me in one way. And I, I was trying to think back again to when I was a kid playing games because, as I say, he he didn't have he didn't have the desire to like try new things and he even tried different genres. And I'd sort of I'd suggest a game, and he's like, "Well, is there a tutorial?" Yeah, there's a tutorial. How long does it take? I'm like, oh, you know, tutorial takes about an hour. And he's like, 
I'm only going to be playing for two hours. I know I've got two hours today to play this. And he's like, I can either play Overwatch for two hours and know what I'm doing, or I can waste an hour in a tutorial on this game and then get in another hour before you send me to bed. And so that did that did worry yeah. me for, for not worry me, but that was the sort of thing at a time where I was like, you know, there's so many different games out there that you could be playing and, and trying out. But he was just so focused on Overwatch. But I mean, you know, each to their own. It's it. There's there's plenty of people who just play a certain MMO, and you know that that's absolutely fine. It's it's what you enjoy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and no, I understand. So you know, I I do you know I do have you know I joke about it at the start, but you know I, I do do work with children as well. So I see, perhaps I see a different side sometimes to the parents. Although you know you would have seen this as well. One of the things that amazes me, and you know I know we're talking about sort of eight, nine, ten here, but right through to sixteen and seventeen is that how innocent a lot of these these children are. Of course, not all of them, but a lot are, and innocent in life experience, I suppose, but also how easily they are influenced if you like by through peer pressure and i know we hear this all the time and people go yada yada whatever but it's it's a real thing you know to to, to play what your friends are playing or to, to do what your friends are doing or to be seen as part of the group and especially at a younger age that's a, that's a massive a massive sort of thing so what i'm driving at here is because you know there are many styles of parenting in the world you know and i'm not going to comment on it because i'm not you know participating in it so it would be it would be redundant of me to to impose anything but my question is 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 there you know, and, and obviously, you know, you can't control what other parents are doing. But how do you find a limit on which games are appropriate? Then, yeah, that's that's always a tricky one. I think, I think with these things, the it's knowing. I mean, it's knowing the individual child as well, and you know, knowing what is right for for them. I think with things like Overwatch overwatch and apex and things like that it's also over the top that i i always think that it's it he he seems okay with things like that whereas i would not let him play something like a call of duty for for obvious reasons and um and same with we will happily sit together and play some street fighter or some tekken but we would not put on mortal Kombat. and so it's it's knowing those things i mean age ratings are definitely important and we try and follow them as as best we can hmm. i think Apex is a 16, so uh, we are slightly overshooting that one. But um, it's one of those that, you know, there's no blood, there's no, there's no gore. So we, we sort of take a little bit of a, a lighter approach on that. It's, but I think it very much, I mean, it, it depends completely on, on the child. I know I, there are plenty of 16-year-olds that I think shouldn't be playing certain games that uh, I think, you know, children three or four years younger than them would probably be absolutely fine with if they're mature enough and if they they understand but um i think i think we're quite we're quite lucky now in that a lot of parents are also gamers so like i i remember tricking my mom into letting me rent mortal Kombat when i was probably about seven and and i and i, I remember her saying like it's got that it's an 18 on the box i was like yeah no they've just used the box of something else uh for this game like it you can't get video games that are 18s. Like what, what could be in a video game that would be yeah. an 18? Like that's crazy. And my mom was obviously like, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. And then, yeah, I was playing Mortal Kombat at like age, age seven, whereas parents nowadays are a lot more savvy. And like, I, there is not a game that is released on PlayStation that I don't know about because I, 
I, I'm on the PlayStation Store every day, looking at new releases, seeing what's there. If if I if I like the look of anything, so if he comes to me and says, "Oh, I've heard about this game from my mate at school," I'm like, "Yeah, you're not playing that." Like, there's just absolutely no way because I already know about it. I've already seen the trailers, and it's just it, it, so it it's good in that respect. It's definitely good in that respect. That makes sense. See, one of one of the things that I always uh, you know I think in the back of my mind would be highly hilarious is that if an eight year old or six or ten or whatever actually comprehended and understood the word hypocritical <laughs> because we have been like you know this is what i find amusing you know in this this helicopter parent uh generation i mean if we think back to and i'm sure everyone that's listening has been in this this position yourself myself mindy everybody some of the things that we've done in our lives it's a miracle we're even alive yeah and you know it's and it's not that you're doing insane things it's just when you look back at it and you think wow it's yeah. probably a bit crazy to do that and it's it's a learning yeah. experience as well, isn't it? But perhaps we wouldn't be where we are now if we hadn't have done those things. Absolutely, but I think I mean a big one for me. The the most I think the most hypocritical moment I've had as a parent was was in gaming. In that um, my because my eldest is my stepson, and he'd been down to his dad's for the weekend, and it was for his birthday, uh, which was a couple of years ago. And his dad had bought him a two DS, and we had said. At that at that time, I think my my youngest would have been a baby, and my my middle lad would have been probably a toddler, like sort of like eighteen months to something like that. And we were very much against gaming in front of them, like we wouldn't like play iPads and things like that around them because we didn't want the two year old trying to play an iPad and things like that. We we wanted to keep that that until he was a bit older. So um. So we'd sort of, his dad had said he was buying him this, this 2DS. And we were like, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Like, make sure it stays down with you. We don't want it here because we don't want it around and, and, uh, causing arguments in the house and, and the, having the, uh, having the, the middle lad playing it. And, but then lo and behold, he, he arrived at our door back from his dad's and he bought it with him, which isn't so he, it was his new toy for his birthday. And he he wanted to bring it back, and his dad was like, "Okay, just don't play it around your brother." And then he, so he got back, and he it had Pokemon Sun on it. It was built in, and it um sort of he he gave it to me, and I sort all right, I'll put it in the cupboard so your brothers don't get hold of it. And I I logged on to the game, and I uh and obviously I knew with Pokemon that it tracks your time on us on the save file, and um. I and I so I, I logged on and had a look and I think in that weekend he'd racked up about twenty hours on Pokemon Sun in the in like mm. three days. And I, I completely got on my high horse and I was like, oh my God, he has played Pokemon Sun for th- twenty hours in three days. That is ridiculous. Like he should not be having that much screen time. Dude, like really, really up my own ass with uh with with this. And I and I messaged a couple of my friends and was like, you will never believe. And my one friend, my friend who was my best man at my wedding, like I've known him for for twenty five years, went. That was literally that would be a slow weekend when you were his age. And I thought back, and I was like, "No, you're absolutely right. Like, what the hell am I talking about? Like, I like, when I think back, I was I was one of those kids. I was back from school, PlayStation on as soon as I got back in from school, turn it off when it was time <laughs> to go to bed. Like, and then over a weekend, I would easily do." six hours of gaming on a Saturday, six hours of gaming on a Saturday. Like I was the worst of the worst. And I was like, you're absolutely right. I, he's not doing anything that I wouldn't have been doing at that age. And I touch wood have turned out okay. So I need to calm down and, and not be so hypocritical when it comes to things like that. So 
that's one of the the fantastic you know fantastic ironies of life is that you know for a young child their their whole value and belief and and security in the world is based on the fact that an adult or their parents or adults in general they are in control they know what they're doing the ultimate irony becomes that when you get to 30 you realize you're still acting like a 5 year old in your mind so you were never you know the adults were never any different i feel they're just they're assuming yeah. the role aren't they but you know look i i, yeah. I, I always find that amusing now, Mindy, what do you think about all of this? What, what, what do you what, what do you think? Yeah, it just got me thinking of because I used to work at GameStop and I did have parents come in and say, you know, my my kid wants this M rated game, and all they would know is, you know, it's recommended for such and such like movie ratings. But it, you know, you get the parents who are very strict and say, no, you have to be seventeen to do this. But then you get the parents who follow, like you're saying, it's about knowing your kid. And they would say, is this appropriate for my kid? And my answer for the for these kind of questions is, you know, when is it okay for my my underage kid to play a game that is not rated for him or her? A lot of times I would say, would you let him watch him or her watch, you know, this movie? So like, uh, and I had a manager who, who would ask that too. And he would say, like, he was a big fan of saying, like when parents come and say, is it okay for my kid to play Call of Duty? And he would say, uh, would you let your child watch uh, Born on the Fourth of July? Like if you would let your your kid watch this movie, then, you know, and try to relate it to something the parents would actually know and give them some touch point of if-then logic. So if you would w- let your kid, you know, so, you know, kid parents come and say, well, what about, uh, Uncharted, you know, Uncharted. And I say, would you let your kid watch Indiana Jones? Would you let your kid watch specifically Temple of Doom? Because that's the dark one. Like, that's the scary one, right? And and Temple of, and, uh, Temple of Doom, uh, uh, Uncharted has some scary bits in it. It's all fun treasure hunting and gunfighting, but then there's always some, like, supernatural monster. So I'm like, if you would let your kid watch Temple of Doom, like, specifically Temple of Doom, then, yeah, go for it. You know, the big benchmark is if you let your kid play, you know, Grand Theft Auto, then get your kid anything in the store. Like, <laughs> if that's your... There were several parents where they were like, I don't want to I don't want to play Grand Theft Auto, but, you know, is there something like that? And I'd point them to Saints Row. And I was like, this is, this is Grand Theft Auto that does not take itself seriously. It's, I would say it's about 90% Grand Theft Auto, but not as awful, like, you, you're not as awful to human beings. It's a lot more lighthearted or light spirited, I suppose, but still pretty bad. But what I really wanted to ask you is because we are of three different countries here with three very different government. And I'm not, I'm not going to get political, but video games and politics is a thing. Yeah. And uh, Australia is kind of a, kind of a nanny state about it to the point where I, I think even though they relatively recently have started rating or have created a rating for M games. Basically, they still don't allow many of them to be published in Australia, so they have to import a lot of them. And of course, in the United States, it was a really, really big political issue of you know banning video games. Blah, blah, blah. And every time there's a shooting in this country, which is like every other day, as soon as you know you find out that the kid, you know, if it's a school shooting and the kid played video games all the pundits are on and they're saying video games make kids violent and, and no one understands that 
correlation does not equal causation. My point is, my very roundabout point is, do you buy into this? Do you believe that younger children playing games like Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, et cetera, et cetera, can make them more, uh, give them more violent tendencies to want to act out on it? No, no, I, I just not, not in the slightest. Um, obviously, I, I mean, I grew up playing absolutely all sorts, and I've, I'm not, I'm not a violent person at all. And I think, I, I, I don't. My big thing, actually, and I, I don't know if I'm alone in this because it's not necessarily an opinion that I hear a lot. Is I do, I don't think that violent and over the top video games and movies will make someone violent, but I actually think that it will be so mind blowing and out there that it almost ruins things for them that are age appropriate and they sort of grow up too fast. Like I, our 10 year old now, if I was to show him, if he was to play call of duty, I don't think that he would be then trying to get a gun. And I don't think he would, he would become a violent kid. But then I also think that if I was to show him something like, sonic or something that's more age appropriate for him he'd go this is boring i want to play call of duty and and i that's always my thing i think you know if you if you show kids these things that aren't age appropriate for them they're gonna think they're incredibly cool because there's like a big monster or a big gun or something like that so then when you sit down with them and try and read a book or draw a picture they're gonna be like no this isn't cool i want the big monster i want the I want the big guns sort of thing. And um, it, for me, it always comes from that point of view. Like, don't let him grow up too fast. Let him, let there still be things for him to discover when he's 16, 17, 18, rather than he's been doing this since he was 10 and nothing really interests him anymore because he's already seen it all and done it all, if that makes sense. No, for sure. And in that, in, in that same kind of vein, though, you know, pure peer pressure is a thing. So when his friends, oh, yeah. let's say around 14, 15, 16, start playing Call of Duty, is that time for mm. you to kind of reassess and say, well, it's not of the age, but all his, you know, as much yeah, as I hate I mean, to say all his friends are doing it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's, that's, always, that's always the difficult thing. Um, and again, I mean, it goes back to that point of if I think then, uh, or if I say if I, if me and my wife think at that point that it is, uh, he's mature enough to handle that sort of thing without like in, in, in the right way. I th- I think we would. And again, yeah, as, as you say, his, his friends are playing it and things like that. I, I actually, I think last year I, uh, I went to a local um, comedy night and there was a comedian on that said his mom, his mom had caught him playing call of duty. And she was like, Oh, you shouldn't be playing that. It will make you violent. You'll go out and steal a car and, and kill a prostitute and stuff like that. And he was like, mom, you don't understand. I'm playing this because I don't want to go outside. It was like, I to go to do those things. I would have to go outside and I'm, I'm not willing to do that. I want to stay in and play Grand Theft Auto. And he was like, so you haven't got anything to worry about. And so I suppose it's that if they're, uh, if they're inside on the video games, they can't be out getting into trouble anyway. And it's probably a, a good thing. And that's, you know, and it's a comedian, but that's, uh, that's exactly how I feel. I think it's more of an outlet. Uh, you know, if I'm really stressed, I want to load up like Saintro and I want to kill a bunch of people, you know, and it's not, I'm not, I don't have a desire to kill real people, but it is a stress release thing. And I honestly think, you know, people who say that 
you know, oh, I played Grand Theft Auto and I, I killed a hooker and it made me really want to go out and kill. Like, I feel like they're just looking for an excuse and they already had that tendency there. Well, it's funny. We, I, I, I actually, it's a point that's been made um, by my wife in the past. Me and my wife actually had a debate about it, specifically about Grand Theft Auto, in that I think it came up. I, I can't remember why. And and she sort of said, because oh, my, 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 I should say my wife doesn't game uh, at all, really, like the odd quiz game or something like that, but she's not a gamer. And uh, I sort of mentioned Grand Theft Auto, and she was like, oh, Grand Theft Auto. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And she said, I just don't think, uh, and she was like, I just don't like Grand Theft Auto. And I said, well, well why? What, what's the problem? And, uh, and she was like, well, I just think that any sort of game where you can, like, sleep with a prostitute and then kill her, and then, like, why is that allowed? Like, how is that acceptable? I was like, well, hang on. I was like, I completely agree. Like, I have played these games, and I completely agree with what you're saying, that, that you can do that in the game. But actually, that is not a key gameplay mechanic. It is an open-world game that allows you to do many, many things. You can get a car and drive it into the sea if you want. You can do all these different things, but it is not key to the game. There is never a main mission that makes you sleep with a prostitute and then kill her to progress the story. You don't get rewarded apart from the odd bit of money that she has dropped when the, when you when you kill. Like, there's no trophies tied to it. It is specifically, it's not a key gameplay thing you're rewarded to do. It's something you can do in the game, and if you want to do it you know, by all means, go and do it. But you will not win the game doing that. So you're not getting rewarded for doing it. So it, it's easy to pick on that point in the game and write an article about how this is disgusting that kids can go and get a game and do this. It's like, yeah, but if you are playing this game, you probably won't ever actually do that. You will only do it because you've read a news article that says you can do it. But you're, you're not going to win the game. You're not going to complete the game just by driving around and and doing these random acts of violence, it's not it's not key to the story. And I think that's what people forget a lot of the time. No, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Yeah. That's interesting. I think from listening to you talk, it, it is I mean, it's a huge advantage, isn't it, that you're a gamer yourself because you understand, you know, what's going on. I, I can see from your wife's perspective, not being a gamer, that you don't really know what's involved. As you say, you just hear it and that that, that shapes absolutely. your opinion. So, so you're in the, in the thing. One of the things I find interesting is I listen to, I mean, it, it, it feels strange to say mainstream podcasts in gaming because gaming is already a fringe thing, but, you know, and they refer to themselves as, you know, being for the hardcore gamers. And then I think, well, what are we doing? I mean, we're off the scales hardcore then, <laughs> you know, with the sort of the people <laughs> that we're talking to and, you know, and mix with. But one of the things like, you know, you can, you can only judge, you know, as a person grows older and, and where they end up and, and what goes on. But through doing this, I mean, the number of people we've talked to, they're stable people, they're successful people. And look, I understand there's a, there's you know, it's a very small percentage of, of gamers in general, but I don't think that it's necessarily something to, I know we, we've addressed a lot of the negatives today, but I don't necessarily think that that it's a bad thing. I mean, there, there are so many positives, aren't there? Like, you know, I mean, you know, in the communities that you're in as well, there, you know, there are people as there are in every walk of life, but by and large, I am always interested. There are successful people, clever people interested about other things. Like it's a, there is a balance there too, I think for the, for the good. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So Mindy, I have a feeling we could go on forever on, on this topic because I find it interesting. I think this is the sort of, this is the relationship I want with a child is through somebody else to tell me what it's like while I sit in my house when none of them are around, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's idealistic for me, but uh, is there anything else you'd like to touch on Mindy here? 
No, I, I, I think it could be a really long discussion, but I think for, for the purpose of just the kind of slice we want to do for the podcast, I think, I think this is a good stopping point. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Perfect as well. So listeners, you know, like if, if you have a different perspective, as I, as I always say, reach out and, and let us know, but you know, and if, if you don't have children, maybe, you know, consider, consider what, what you getting may, you one because many of you will <laughs> yeah well no <laughs> that can be arranged i'm told but you know no to consider you know i mean these are issues that most most people will deal with it you know at some time or whatever so it's it's really interesting and i, I have a feeling folly because I, I believe gaz has children as well i'm going out on a limb here but i think so uh i have a feeling that maybe everyone is looking for the, the right answer for a balance and for for all this thing and reassurance and i think you've given that today I think they just, it's just good to hear. Well, it's just good to hear other people, their story about what they're doing. And then you realize, well, it's no different for me. And, you know, there's always security in being, I know it's a dreadful thing to say, there is always security in conformity. And at the end of the day, it's easier to. So so I think Mindy's right. I think that's a great stopping point. And there is no better time now to move across for us adults because children would not participate in this spam games i don't know the cross section is pretty big there's a lot of you know child-friendly games in the spam category there is there is but they wouldn't be playing them for the spam trophies <laughs> i don't think they. <laughs> well maybe they are maybe that you know I, I can't wait to to come across this because i get uh, we we're talking about this a while ago we get random party requests or something and one of my first questions if i ever do join is how old are you if i don't know them because and whatever, but I can't wait until I run into a level 100 that's 14 or 15 or something. It's a massive trophy <laughs> hall and it's telling me it'll be, it'll be fantastic. I'll be, I'll be out talking. It'll be great. It'll be great. But until that day, uh, you know, whoever you are out there until that day, I, until actually, we meet. I have a trophy hunting friend who has children and he'll uh, have his younger kids play like the Barbie games and stuff on his profile. So he can get the trophies for him. It's clever. It's clever. It's clever. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's sort of, you know, they're so, working for so you, technically, aren't they? yeah, there could be, you know, a, a level 100 hardcore trophy hunter that's, you know, 12. Just probably not their account. Yes. In, in some countries, that would be called trophy slavery. But, you know, in our, in our developed nations, of course, that would not be the case. So why don't we move, <laughs> why don't we move across to, to, to spam games for this week? So, Folly, here, we're just, we're just pulling some names from uh, the profiles list up here. Just throw out anything, you, anything that strikes you. I don't know. Do you, who wants to start? Jump in. I'll start. Actually, I was noticing um, that... Just going through the the latest trophy list, uh, there's the Star Ocean First Departure R. My my understanding is Star Ocean are very quick and easy platinum as uh, <laughs> they really are. Yeah. Now this is a, this is a misconception yeah. that these games take so long. That's because you don't yeah, know what absolutely. you're doing. Clearly, yeah, they're spam. absolutely. So so if you really want something yeah. spammy, definitely uh, crack on with a, a Star Ocean game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there's so many to choose from. So you know, you're, you're set there. Yeah, that's that's just a, that's stacks a... on stacks yeah, on stacks, man. Do all of them. It'll take you like an afternoon. That's right. It does make you wonder what those people are doing in there for those many hours, doesn't it? But anyway, we 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 will just leave that there. I think Mindy... killing hookers and robbing them. <laughs> well, possibly, possibly. This is JRPG. Anything goes there. Trust me. So so. <laughs> So, Mindy, uh, what have we got here? Now, do you, do you, oh, we like the headliner trophies, but probably not spam in link. Probably not spam. It, it all depends on how long the game takes, mm. you know, yes. for these five playthroughs. 
Yeah. I actually have a question for you because the untitled Goose Game trophy list dropped. Do you think this would be kind of higher class spam? Yeah, if you've played the game before, this you could do this list in a couple of hours. So, yeah. yeah. The only reason I'm hesitating to call it spam is there's, there's a couple of timed trophies. Oh, you mean like difficulty-wise then? Yeah. Uh, not so much length. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think it would. It, it's fairly forgiving. To be honest with you, one of the hardest things, because this is, you know, listeners that don't know, this is obviously on Switch. There, there are no, I, I, I got stuck on a hat puzzle. There, there aren't really a lot of guides. Like I, I, I you know, what I, I think I put in the Untitled Goose Game Trophy Guide. And then I realized, well, there are no trophies because it's Nintendo. Yeah. So <laughs> there, there are less guides available. But once there's a guide, that, that would be the only problem, maybe sorting out some of the puzzles. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's great though. A great game. Yeah. I I would classify that as very high class spam. Yeah. Uh, anything else? What about uh, Velvet brought up? What about Bleep Bloop? Yes. Yeah. That that did definitely sounded like it, didn't it? I've I've got one here. Um, I think I think the name is it's three O's. So I guess that's O. Maybe it's called uh, on the list. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just going through the trophy list. So you've got. You've got some bronzes, silvers, and golds for completing different sectors. For doing a thousand, there's crashing once, crashing twenty times, crashing a thousand times, and crashing a thousand, a hundred times, and a thousand times. The only ones I think might be difficult, depending on how hard the game is, is you have to attain triple O rating for all levels. So depending how hard this game is, I don't, I know absolutely nothing about it. But depending how hard this game is, that could probably be the only challenge. But otherwise, it's just crashing traveling a certain amount of miles and completing some sectors so that seems okay you know the tragic thing about this game is it will only come out digital for sure but this would be the perfect game to go to the game store <laughs> excuse me do you have Ooh, it's oh, <laughs> great he's like oh god the old guy's having a stroke quick quick <laughs> oh it's fantastic it's fantastic sorry mindy uh anything anything else Oh no, I was I was actually debating that one, but uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's actually you already brought it up. Uh, I'll throw on I'll throw on Dreamwalker. Mm. Um, you know, still 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 mm. spam with a guide. It's yeah. just better. <laughs> yeah, this we may have hit the period where Rat is slowing down for the holidays because I'm not sure that there's a Rat game this week either. So, well, Foxyland too, right? That hasn't no, it hasn't. Yet. But I'm not sure when that's coming out. So yeah. Yeah, we we don't know on that one, but look, there you know, there's there's stuff there. This uh, Hatsune Miku VR it potentially was hopefully going to be easy, but it looks like it's going to be really long, really long, and grindy. Uh, just with the number of songs that that may end up even being like a hundred hours in VR, which is insane. So we will we will see. We'll go blind. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, the requirements are a little bit. The length requirements seem to be a little bit extreme. Look, I'm going to throw out Blair Witch. It's not particularly short, and if you didn't play it on the Xbox, it's not going to be particularly, you know, easy either. I think it, it's a it's a funny game. It's a combination of a puzzle adventure, but it's all- not short and easy. But let's put it on the spam list. Well, if you played it before, it will be because you'll know how to get everything in one run. But otherwise, you're going to be tossing up a guide because there's collectibles and there's different ways you have to do things. There's also sort of um, survival elements in the game as well. So, look, it's it's in, it's an interesting game. It's I, I, Look, I think it's worth playing. But, yeah, I mean, it's still not going to be long, like maybe 10 hours if you haven't played it before. But And, and that's probably without using a guide as well. But, yeah, so it, it potentially spam. 
I think that's probably it. Spam, spam with guide. Spam with guide. Mid, yes, middle, middle, lower class spam. Perhaps I don't know. <laughs> that could be a new category. Look, I think that's 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 quite a lot. You know, from from nothing. Can I just say I'm disappointed? This game dev story does not have a plat. What a shame. But anyway, that's that's unfortunate because it looks quite manageable otherwise. But look, anyway, if there's nothing else with spam, now why don't we move across? So listeners to the Push to Plat Platinum Club shout out. So we didn't do any on the last episode because we came to a natural end. So as a result, we've just got a ton to do today. So I'll field comments as we go. Please feel free to, to make any comments as you wish. I've even grouped them together. Uh, we'll start with the Scottish noob. Here, uh, number 310, Lego Jurassic World. 100% Thomas was alone. 311. Now prepare yourself here, listeners, Mindy and Folly. This is what happens when you listen to a podcast that has a spam section. <laughs> Number 311, 312, Foxyland and Foxyland Vita. Number 313 to 318, Tic Tac Letters, Gravity Duck, Football Game, Deep Space Rush. Number 319, Mechabolt, not a Metroidvania. Number 320, 321, Super Boxland Remake Asia and Vita. Number 322, Mechabolt NA. So, so you've, 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 you've hit the pinnacle of the Sony library. That We've is fantastic. We've converted him. I think so. I think so. I see no Death Stranding here, though, sir. So I'm, I'm watching you. Congratulations, though. That's a lot of platinum. So it's impressive. We have a new member to the group, uh, Mindy, uh, the Real Apex, number three hundred, uh, number sorry, number thirty-seven stretch, and number thirty-eight late shift. So that's good. Well done, sir. Late shift is. Uh, I think we all agree, Mindy. That's a that's a nice FMV. It's a fun one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mentioned in the thread, but he obviously still has his reactions because stretch is difficult to platinum if you do not. The east side, this this is impressive. This 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 is what's going on here. How do, how do you have the time for this, sir? You are a retired multimillionaire. I told you, man. He's a he's a beast. He's he is a because the, listen. Not only are the games amazing. Listen to the, this is over a two week period, but obviously he's been working on them. Perhaps listen to the number difference. That's what's impressive. So five eighty five concrete genie, five eighty nine Terminator Resistance, five ninety one Life is Strange two. 599 Death Stranding. Wow. So there's there's like many platinums between those as well. So that's impressive. Though. You missed 600. What was 600? I know what 600 Please. is. Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, so that's right. That's insane. That That is fantastic effort, sir. Fantastic. That's like 300 hours between those two. Because it is a long platinum, isn't it? Red Dead Redemption oh, 2. Oh, yeah. It's very impressive. How many kids do you think Eastie has, Mindy? <laughs> I actually know the answer to that question. <laughs> They're obviously uh, fine gamers in their own right. Uh, then, <laughs> then we move on to Gaz Davis. Look, look, I'm going to allow this, this 100%, sir, because, look, why not? There are so many Platinums here. I'm feeling Platinum Envy. We need to get, we need to get you in here as well. 100% the Playroom and then number 43, Deadpool which is really fun. That has some fantastic trophy names as well. I'm not sure if we've all played that or, or not. But uh, No, I've never, I've never played it. Oh, oh, you should. I've heard yeah, it good. Yeah, the trophy names are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Mindy. Uh, I think I still have that on PS3. It's been delisted. Both versions have been delisted. I think though, so, right? yeah. It, it was physical too, at least on PS4. So there, there, I'm sure there's discs floating around. 
Yeah, I have the PS3 disc. I think I still have it. I I went into um I went into like a local uh secondhand video game store and um was it sex? No, it was um it's a local one. It was just a uh like a a little independent one and they had a copy of Deadpool mm. and it was like 6 pound or something or 8 pound and I was like I'm sure that's been delisted. I should pick that up because it like it must be a collector's item. The guy hasn't realized. But then I googled it and like on eBay, even though it's delisted, you can still pick it up for like eight pounds or something. It doesn't seem to have increased in uh, in price due to only being able to play physical now, which I thought was surprising. Right. It had, I expected that would ramp it up. I think Deadpool would approve that it hasn't risen in value. <laughs> he probably wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, uh, so we'll move on here. Red, Redbeard Rick, congratulations, sir. Platinum number 100, Middle uh, Earth Shadow of Mordor. That's a big game uh, as well, so impressive. Number 101, Story of a Gladiator. It's impressive. I didn't think anyone anyone would up, would pick up on this game, but she did, so a fine clicker. Number 102 and 103, Mindy, One Night Stand, Mr. Rick. So he must have enjoyed that enough to do it twice. It's impressive. Sleepy Nachos. That's a great name. Sleepy Nachos is a new member. Welcome. Welcome, sir. That sounds like an act, doesn't it? Uh, last night we did the Sleepy Nachos. Can't walk. Okay. Anyway, that's, that's a fantastic name. 117. Just Course 3. I'll tell you what, we'll be walking after that game. That is a massive platinum, sir. Just uh, getting all the collectibles in that game takes like a couple of weeks. That's that's impressive. Afraid of the Folly, today's guest, number 31, Doom, which we talked about. Well done, sir. Impressive. Eigenspace, number 84, Spyro the Dragon. And I am I agree with you about your comment. The flying races are challenging, very challenging. And then Boston George, we saved you for last. Number 150, Star Ocean, The Last Hope International. It probably took me longer to say in the name of the game than it did for you to plat it. But congratulations, sir. Would anyone like to jump in on the Star Ocean one? He was working on that for a while. Like a like two years right yeah he's he's been at it for a while i i mean i know i don't want to give you more work uh editing cj but if we can get some sort of like canned applause there because that is that was absolutely incredible um i've been he's been he's been posting regular updates in like uh discords that we're both a member of and i really I've genuinely had like beers in the fridge that were specifically to be opened when he finally said, I've, I've got this platinum so I could crack one open and celebrate with him. Cause it's, it's such a massive achievement. I was really impressed. He's uh, he smashed it. No, we, we joke around, but that is a, that's a massive platinum, like five, 100 plus hours I believe. And look, all I can say is Boston 10 George, I believe you owe your children many presents for this platinum that is a very <laughs> impressive effort it is time they were released from the basement and fed i believe so congratulations <laughs> congratulations is it wrong that my first question is what's the next one like what's the next massive game he's going to undertake well, i think he's going to start the um the that the one that i mentioned in the the um in the the spam the cuz that's the first one that's a remake or a remaster of the uh, the original snes one and i think he's oh, stop it is he really i think he's going out but it, apparently it's not a bad trophy list in comparison to the uh to the others in the series so i think he was going back and, and jumping on that one but he he wants to do the whole series so uh yeah i mean uh, more power to him yes yeah 
Come on, man. Lower, lower yourself. Play some spam for a bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Come in. The water's fine. <laughs> Could you imagine someone like that playing spam? It's just, that wouldn't happen. It would not happen. It's disgusting. He wanted it to be his 150th plat, but I think he was on something like 135 or something. So he literally keyed it up ready to do his hard playthrough, which was the last trophy he needed. And then he, he I think he did like 10 or 15 platinums in a very, very short oh. amount of time, uh, ready to get that one for his 150th. Ah, so you're one of these sort of gamers, huh, George, where you just yeah. put the garbage under the covers and pretend it doesn't exist. I see. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Well, look, we, we joke aside, Mindy, but he has, I don't remember if he reached out to me or I reached out to him. Who cares? Yada, yada. It's the same thing. And he has agreed to come on next year. But, Mindy, next it's hot. It is highly possible I will offend him before that point, so we'll wait and see if, if, if he survived this podcast, then perhaps we're okay. You're why we can't have nice things. <laughs> I know, I know. But at least we can laugh, so that you know that's more important, uh, I think, in the long run. So, look, that is fantastic, everybody. And, of course, if you are interested in getting your Platinums read out, please come and join the Push 2 Platinum Club. It is free. So, look, if there is nothing else today tonight or this morning mindy i think we have reached the point we can close out and therefore i would like to thank mr foley for joining us it is always a pleasure i really do enjoy enjoy talking with you and the discourse so thank you so much for coming and sharing your time with us today no thank you very much for having me it's been it's been fantastic had a great time foley's corner 2020 yes no (laughs) we'll see who knows maybe maybe Thank you, Mindy, for joining me today. As always, where can we find you? Twitter at The Mind is a City. Uh, I also have a coffee page, ko-fi.com slash The Mind is a City. If you want to support my work, just uh, a couple of bucks. Leave me a tip. Perfect. And Folly, I should do the same courtesy. I forgot. I apologize. If you are happy to be found, where could the listeners find you? Uh, so you can find me. Uh, I am on twitch at uh www.twitch.tv forward slash fray the folly but i am currently uh on a break from streaming i'm not sure when that will come to an end currently uh, otherwise i'm i'm in your fantastic discord which everyone should definitely join uh, it's a really friendly group or find me on psm profile profiles under afraid of the folly well if if there's anything you want to talk about you can definitely reach out to me on there Perfect. So once again, listeners, I know we've hit two big episodes with you, but you know, you're coming into holidays, you know, use it while you're grinding away on whatever you're grinding on. And we will be back next week. In fact, I'm looking forward. I won't, I won't reveal it in case things happen, but I am looking forward to next week's guest. It's a little bit different. So you'll have to You'll have to come and see who it is, I suppose. So if you're looking for us, we're available on all good podcast providers plus YouTube. If you have a question, comment, or concern, you can reach us on Twitter at Push2Plat, push the number 2Plat, or email us at Push2Plat at gmail.com. If you'd like to get your platinum read out, come and join the Push2Platinum Club. Just leave us a picture, the number, and if you have a little comment about the game as well, please do it. It just helps us all find new fantastic games to Play. we have a discord it'll be in the show notes if you do want to come along and join and say hi that would be fantastic so until next week listeners have a great great gaming week let the kids out of the basement they do need to eat occasionally thank you, <laughs> thank you folly thank you mindy thanks cj bye <laughs>